fine. Hello, and welcome to the Saladcast on Sunday, the 7th of August, 2022. I'm your host, Dan Train. Joining me today, Zachary Burgess. That was the next line. And Robert Kemp. Were you expecting more to that title there, Dan? There was a slight, oh, slightly longer <laughs> pause than normal. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I certainly was. I wasn't sure what the next line you were referring to was. The next <laughs> line is podcast. <laughs> is now podcast. And I think yeah. I think that was actually the next two lines, I guess, right? <laughs> what Dan said, I was like, where's the sentence break? <laughs> that was two lines, right? Yeah, I guess that's how line reads work, right? <laughs> it's like a, a sentence is a line. Right, or is, it, know, or, is it, or is it, or is it just or is it like until someone else talks? Is the, the line? Yeah. But if you have a monologue, is that just like one line? Yeah, and then if you if if most of your lines that you have to learn are monologues, do you only have like one a few lines to yeah. learn? It's a, it's a single <laughs> Even line. They're really long. It's a single line play. Yeah, one person play. <laughs> Although I'm now envisioning like a Kevin Smith type deal, like with like oh, a single line play where, where like nobody says anything until right at the end, and he just someone just looks at you and goes shit <laughs> or something. <laughs> I was thinking it would be funnier if it was a single line play, but like the actual script is like typed out on on like a stock ticker, so it's literally just one long line. Oh, wow. <laughs> you have to like skim scroll for it to try and find where yeah, you are yeah. in the script. A single a single scroll of text. <laughs> You have to get like a tape player to find your lines. Yeah, that would definitely be harder to learn, right? I suppose is that just because we're used to um, scanning across a line and onto the next line on a sheet of paper? Well, I mean, or if it's one long line, it does. It kind of like you don't really have like paragraph breaks or anything to give you more hints of where. Because like full no, stops is one that's thing, true. but not much help. But paragraph breaks are just uh, just vertical space. But what if you just had some? Horizontal yeah, space yeah, and a I long mean, ticker tape, like tabard or something, add an extra yeah. big gap. Yeah, would that be good enough? And then you could just wind through your your entire long line <laughs> as you learnt it. But really, I'm you're thinking about it, that's all that uh, all that data really is. Now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, learn your line from a from a string of ones and zeros. <laughs> Yeah, just um, translate this into UTFT or whatever. <laughs> just stream UTF8. it to my brain as, as data. It's all just a stream. Like, why is that? Just because we learned to cut the stream into chunks that go vertically. That, why is that's A4 sized? Yeah, why is it long and thin? When, I mean, all the information is the same. But in America, it's not A4 sized. It's letter sized. Uh, that's true. But it is a similar kind of Why? ratio. I mean, surely the actual answer is because that's like a convenient size to make when in the olden days, when you make paper by yeah. hand. <laughs> it's a convenient size to work with and a convenient amount of materials to work with. And then the Europeans like standardized on like ratios that actually make sense and go together. And then the Americans never got around to it. As they did. As per. <laughs> as per. Yeah. So I guess if like Japanese, like, Top to bottom, left, uh, right to left reading became a thing. Then the landscape format of A4 would become the norm, right? Not the hmm. not portrait. Hmm. Is, is it, do you think it's to do with like sentence length and like it maybe must be, it must be a legibility problem, right? Like how yeah, but top to bottom it. is a different thing, isn't it? Because that's like 
it wouldn't just turn the portrait into landscape if it's top to bottom, because then you would well, depends on the, sentence length. Yeah, the sentence would be too so short, like, probably. Maybe. But that's the convenient thing about physical paper is you can just turn it, so you don't need different kind of paper for landscape or portrait. <laughs> Unless it was square. That's true. Or we don't have square paper. <laughs> square well, paper only for origami, but that's Japanese. Oh, good <laughs> <laughs> well, presumably, if you're talking about like scroll work or whatever, yeah, like how how is that how is that actually made? How do you make one really long <laughs> piece of paper like that? Yeah, well, the same I way mean, by attaching all... a lot of small bits together, presumably. All the same way they make all paper. Like now, anyway, because now it's just made in one big line and they cut it. Yeah, but I bet mm. it probably, I mean, it wasn't like that originally, presumably. Yes. Because you wouldn't be able to, because the whole point of it being an industrialized process that you can do it continuously is that, like, you can do all the steps just in one long row yeah, yeah. rather than having to, like, wait <laughs> for things to dry mm. and whatnot. <laughs> so, what was papyrus? Is it reeds or something? Dried yeah, yeah. or something? I mean, I guess yeah. that, and they have that a starts you off with right. a slightly longer vertical. Or lo- well, not vertical necessarily. A longer shape to start with, because papyrus is not because papyrus isn't like mashed like wood paper pulp, is it? It's just like it's stripped and then stripped, what, like, right. like a weave. Yeah, I think so. Mm. Who knows? But but that I mean, would uh, yes, not that us. would limit you in one direction. Yes, but not in the, not in the other direction. But it right. does make one dimension longer than the other, probably. For ease mm. of working, yeah, yeah, I expect so. I'll call paper tech, but like a scroll is like it's not like the ticker tape, but it basically is. It's like it's, it's like confined in one direction, but not in the other because you can just keep making the roll longer, presumably. But could you make that from papyrus? No, because you'd have to, because the reeds are only a certain... Well, I mean, you, when you're making a really long scroll, presumably you're always going to be attaching multiple parts together at a certain yeah. point. Attaching them, yeah. In the past, rather than in the modern times, where you could just make like the most gigantically long scroll from like a yeah. whole reel of paper. I mean, that's yeah. that essentially how it's stored, yeah. right? Until they cut it into the whatever shapes they need. It's just one massive long spool. So it, is it about the storing? Is it just more convenient to stack paper than it is to store like a cylinder of a scroll, which is two cylinders? Well, I mean, it's, one, easier to, it's easier to make it in a scroll shape because you're yeah. it's an infinite reel, essentially. Yeah, that's true. But you could just cut it, though. I mean, that's what they do. Well, right? Yeah, but that comes do, afterwards. They do eventually, yeah. Mm. It's spool first, cut later. Mm. Probably because live cutting it as it's being made would be more... Time, well, again, presumably time precise. The, there must be mm. some drying phase in well, yes. paper making, right? So that's probably why they put it on a spool. But like, well, I don't think it dries on the spool. I think it dries on well, its they, way to they, the spool. Well, I think they, they just heat blast. Yeah, it I think something. it's probably extremely heated. It's not natural in any way. <laughs> they don't just sit there and wait for the long. Have a just like have a building that's like a mile long, where you just like introduce the wood pulp at one end, and then by the time it gets to the other end, it's actually dried out. Yeah, yeah, in, in some kind of paper yeah. greenhouse. Like, <laughs> Just, just I mean that is the sort of that is the sort of crazy process they do for things like you know uh, making alcohol and spirits and things and whiskey or something like that is they do you know keep things in giant warehouses long enough until, yeah, I, until I, the I, things I meant, happen naturally. I meant <laughs> yeah. as like as a continuous process. 
Right, like yeah. the, the warehouse is so long that it, it's all—it's continuously moving. It's, it's just dry. like it's it gets dry by the time it gets to the other end. Melts forever. Even yeah. too much factorio. Yep, clearly. <laughs> Satisfactory, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> if your play only had one line, then yeah, I'm sure you could contact the uh, the paper makers. What they called? Uh, I don't think there is a specific term, is there? Uh, hmm. Or, I mean, I bet there is, but no one uses it. Yeah. There's probably some <laughs> bullshit Latin word that means yeah, paper maker. Definitely is. I think there is one, right, from, for like people to making paper for newspapers and stuff in and industrial size. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure there was a term in ancient Egypt for whoever made the papyrus. There probably was time and time. <laughs> I can see where Rob's about to uh, go with this one. Yeah, papyrus is. <laughs> papyrus is papyri. <laughs> no, that's a bit more Latin. Um, yeah, then, yeah, you can contact your local paper maker and they, 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 now they can make you an infinitely long scroll for your play that is only one line. Is that like a, is it like, like a machine? <laughs> a machinist. A machinist. <laughs> No, I suppose mache isn't that. So like, that's what you do with the paper afterwards, right? You, yes. you need paper. Like you, you get need paper to mache. You don't mache to make paper. That seems a bit unnecessary, though. It's like you, you've turned it into paper, then you turn it back into mulch. <laughs> what is paper mache? I can't remember. You just is it, is it chuck a bunch paper? of shreds of paper into oh, liquid, paper. right? Right. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Remulching. Yeah. So maybe, maybe. Maybe you do pre-mache. <laughs> and that's just regular mache. It's the past tense of mache, is it that? <laughs> I mash I mached. <laughs> I mached across the room. <laughs> I mean presumably it's French. I am I am the I am the mache donator. <laughs> presumably it's French, so whatever the past tense in French is. Mache donator. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I can't remember my French well enough. <laughs> the verb mache to paper. <laughs> it's a podcast about video games. Sometimes. I've got a segue for you. Have you? Because uh, uh, my brother and uh, sometimes podcast Person. attendee uh, Kippers showed me a game last night on Steam, um, which was on test, but is no longer available, uh, unfortunately. Um, otherwise, we should have totally done a video of it, probably, because it's, it's hilarious. Where called Trombone Champs, and uh, where you get to be a tromboner. There you go. There's the sort of job name I was going for, the segue. Uh, and, it, and it's fantastic. Because like, it's, it's one of those games where it's just like, why has nobody done this before? Because it's like, maybe they did in games like Rock Band or something with the piano parts, but it like, it it it, it synthesizes the trombone. So if you play right. a wrong note or get your get your slide wrong, it sounds hilariously terrible and it's fantastic. Shout out Trombone What's Champ. What's it called? <laughs> trombone Champ. So is that no longer on Steam then? Or? No, it was, it's, you know, it's not, it's not done yet. So they were just doing a little test weekend um, mm. for some reason. And that's, so, so that's no longer available. 
But there's plenty of videos out there of people playing it, and it is funny. But what if you want a trombone controller? <laughs> I totally want a trombone controller. I mean, you could, you could, yeah, you could definitely make one for this. Man, if they don't do a VR control system for this, like where you just all move controller or something like that, where you're just like no, doing want, a trombone you, you, action. You don't want fake. You want a real shitty plastic trombone. <laughs> like slidey plastic. Yeah. Yep. I mean, what was the most bizarre from that trend of plastic instruments that you got? Because guitars and drums, fine, but there must have been some weird I mean, ones. Did... Obviously, there's the there's the bongos from the Donkey Konga. Yeah. And uh, they, that, oh, what's it? Katatsu? Sujin no something or other the 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 big drum game they right. put those out oh the like taiko drum thing yeah yeah i think i've played that yeah um i've never played that on the real drums it's like there's a version on xbox that i think is on game pass but um mm. i've never, never yeah never played that on a real real big ass drum that would be fun i think ho had the plastic controllers for that for the, one of those games hmm. uh, so i've tried that that was quite cool I mean, but yeah, I no mean DJ buttons. Hero's pretty out there, right? Oh, yeah, DJ Hero. Does yeah. that count as an instrument exactly? Instrument. <laughs> Not Dex. really. Is a, is a turntable an instrument? That is a big uh, question. <laughs> I guess in the hands of. Yeah. I mean, I guess the, in, this, in that context yeah. of like scratching and whatever, oh, that is kind yeah. of the instrument. I mean, you could technically yeah. argue that everything's an instrument in some capacity. Yes. Hmm. And it was intended to make music with, but maybe not with the uh, the scratching. Probably wasn't its intended purpose originally. Probably is now. There are probably like <laughs> turntables that are specifically dine, dined, designed for turntablists. Did you have one of those? Did you have DJ Hero? Uh, I yeah, for a bit. It wasn't mine. I had I had possession right. of one for a while. Um. It was good fun. It was hard as hell, but it was good fun. Yeah. That was kind of the kind of where it was teetering on the edge stage of, of being over that trend, wasn't it? Like rock band was in kind of full that, swing. I think that was that when point. they realized it's like, ah, oh, yeah, we've, we're out of ideas here. Um, yeah. Or at least the, um, the that rock band aesthetic is perhaps playing thin. We need to do something else if we're going to keep the plastic instrument trend going. And, you know, yeah. to its credit, they managed to try those. <laughs> There was a DJ Hero too. Yeah, makes... yeah, I suppose that makes it a success. Yeah. I mean, you know, Rock yeah. Band went as far as doing the actual keyboard, right? Like a working keyboard. Oh, did it do the keyboard? Yeah, yeah but that's just a keyboard, I guess, yeah. it, at that point. I don't know how quality that would have been. Uh, yeah, because they could have done like a keytar or something. That's basically what a guitar is, like a, oh, a, a Guitar Hero guitar. I'm sure something did do a keytar at some point. Mm. Um, Such a weird instrument. Ah, uh, no, I might be getting confused with because Konami did a DJ like game, arcade game that predated DJ Hero by quite a way. Um, of course, yeah. Um, I mean, Guitar Hero was predated quite. What was it? Guitar Freaks or something? What was it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah Guitar Freaks. Yeah, because that's that was the same Konami team that yeah. did that as well. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, so that wasn't a. They 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 might have had a little mini turntable on that arcade machine actually, and then it had like you know the sort mm. of plasticky arcade buttons that you get that that sort of old sort of not like fighting game arcade buttons, but like the ones that, that would be like square and have lights behind that kind of thing. There was and it had those in the shape mm-hmm. of like a small keyboard. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I can't remember what. Maybe that was just called DJ Freaks. I don't know. I can't remember what that was. That was that was pretty cool. 
But yeah. no plastic trombones, sadly. No <laughs> to go with trombones, no. Trombone game. I mean, did they do like a um, conductor's wand Wii accessory for Wii music? Well, that was just the Wii, right? Though. Yeah, no eyes accessory to that. Just wanted a longer one of those, surely. Tape a stick to the Wii mode. Man, that was kind of embarrassing with getting so into it. Yeah. Uh, some of that stuff from that period, was, if you look back, it's like, oh, that was quite cringe. There's an element but of I mean, Wii music that could have, been, like, could have been cool, but mm. but that but it was not that. Because Sonic of the Secret Rings was better. Oh, it very much wasn't. <laughs> but, <laughs> but for comedy value, it totally was. <laughs> so, so <laughs> for... for I don't think we've had. We might. We might not have ever talked <laughs> I think about we've that. Talked about it plenty. Really? Uh, <laughs> references. Yeah. So Sonic and the Secret Rings had like a because every Wii game had to had like a mini game section on it, and one of the mini games was playing uh, a violin, but it only really registered the rhythm of what you were doing. Like you had to do the sort of up down strokes with the Wii Remote um, to, to to follow this pattern. But the pickup of the controls in in the mini games, especially for Sonic of the Secret Rings, was pretty terrible. <laughs> so it made that mode kind of funny to listen to. <laughs> mm. I mean, at least that one, the violin one, you could actually get it to work. Yeah. You just had to be quite rough with it, right? Like, excessively. Unlike some of the other <laughs> mini games, which you really could not get to work. <laughs> yeah. There was, there was the one where you had to push forward, because that didn't, no, that never worked particularly well on the even Wii, though that right? should be like one of the better things yeah. you'd, you'd think with how the Wii remote sen- sensed the, sens- the sensor bar and the IR camera and the remote yeah it should have worked quite well but like yeah you push forward towards the screen and you had to do it gently to scoop some coins without waking this thing I mean, except I- for some reason the animation would always be like fully back Fully forward in an instant. <laughs> well, I don't know if that was the problem. It was more like the gently part because it it always like jiggled, jiggled yeah. which is just like was it made it impossible to get anything to stay on it. <laughs> it was just like that. That was more the bit. Maybe it wasn't so much the forwards backwards motion that was really the problem. It was just like the games had they like, were trying to be too precise. Yeah, they had no smoothing or something applied to it, and, or whatever. It just it, whatever. It did work, and it was funny because it, like I think that. I think so, like, the, the, the way it did the minigame mode was it basically just randomised what was coming up next. I don't think you picked what was coming. Mm. And so when that came up, you're just like, oh, God. <laughs> Time for everyone to fail. Time for everyone to fail magnificently. <laughs> I still have those like violin tunes like seared into my brain. Of course. Though. And I think they're actually available on the official soundtrack. Like on Spotify, <laughs> then, then you'd be hearing them the real way. That's no yeah. good. You want them the jank way. <laughs> I was listening to the Sonic Generation soundtrack the other day. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I'd kind of forgotten that that. Well, well I don't. Well, I'm, I'm sure they did release it like a real physical copy at some point, but the YouTube video upload I was listening to, it has three discs. Where it's oh, like okay. it's yeah. got g- regular generations, the 3DS version, and uh, all the extra songs. Oh what, like the menu stuff. <laughs> well and all the boss fights. Well some the, some of the, the boss the fight- side stages things. 
some of the side stations are on their respective discs for the two games, oh, okay. but some of them are some of the extra ones. And then I think there's a couple of extra tracks that maybe weren't in the game, but I'm not sure I remember well enough. Mm. Like when, you remember in regular generations, there's the Metal Sonic boss fight, and it has the remix of Stardust Speedway, of course. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, on the soundtrack, there's the remix of the US version of Stardust Speedway as well. Oh, okay. <laughs> As if that boss fight could have had that music, but I don't think it did. Hmm. <laughs> maybe it was in maybe in the US. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, like yeah, maybe, yeah. but that would seem that'd be real weird. Had, like, <laughs> they didn't do that for any of the other remakes of Star Wars Speedway recently. No, I want to say by that point they were doing the thing that we realised Sonic C- CD was an oddity. So include both bits of music if you're going to include them. Yeah. Or make a choice. You know, yes. do one or the other. That would be weird. Maybe they considered both. Maybe yeah. they asked the artist. I mean, to maybe do, that's to what this them, is. Maybe it's then... like extra tracks, or it's yeah. like this is a version that we didn't use. <laughs> but yes, going back to that. I mean, it's kind I of keep... wild they did that for Sonic CD. Like, <laughs> yes. it, 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 like make a completely different soundtrack for it. Well, I mean, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> At the time, it was kind of weird, especially because it was burning a CD as well. <laughs> well, yeah, it had to be Red Book Audio, right? So it had to be, actually be a CD track. Yeah. But listening to that music, I, I, I the thing about every time I listen to that soundtrack, I'm like, okay, here are the here are the good songs, and here are the less good mm. songs. But then when I that Chemical Plant remix, for instance, well, yeah, it's, it's pretty a, good. It's pretty good. Maybe not the best Chemical Plant remix ever. When you go back to listen to it, I was like, oh yeah, this is, this is good, but I, I think it could be better. But then every time I think about Generations, I... You want to play Generations? Well, there's that, but also then I'm, I, I'm eventually reminded that I own the 3DS version, and I'm like, oh yeah, Wait, <laughs> I do you, actually have that. Wait, you do? <laughs> yeah, I know, it's like I, I forget every time, and then I'm, as soon as I'm thinking about Generations, it's like, wait, do I have the 3DS version? Oh, I do. <laughs> I don't remember that. The only is reason, that like a different game? That yeah, 3DS it's, it's version. different levels, which is why, it, mm. it, which is, which is how I come to remember it because the 3DS version has uh, water powers from Sonic. You know, oh right, <laughs> had had wisps that weren't in generations. No, I mean yes, but no, because the it has a different wisp in the in the <laughs> the generations on 3DS has Tropical Park as the stage from. Oh, okay. Right. Colors. Yeah. But it instead also sort of planet wisp. But but it also has a different wisp as well because obviously Tropical Park in Colors didn't have it only had drill and laser because it was the first mm. level of the game. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas in the Generations version, it has like spikes, I think. Okay. Or burst, which is a different thing oh, altogether. Burst, yeah. <laughs> or rampage, like, whatever that. Had. Or was that was that burst? I can't remember. No, rampage was different. But yeah, it's just like. But the the reason I'm always reminded is because of Water Palace, where I'm like, oh yeah, from fucking fucking, what was that game called? Sonic Adventure? No, not Sonic Adventure. Damn it! Sonic Three, the no. Bubble Shield. <laughs> no, Water Palace from. What the fuck is that game called? The the DS Sonic. Oh, Rush. Rush. That's it. Water Palace. Uh, yes, the water. Level. Oh, so the 3DS generations had. Water Palace from the oh, previous Water like Palace. DS oh, games. Water Palace. Palace. It's yeah. Palace. Yeah. As a nod to earlier, like. Well, yeah, because that was the whole point of the games. games. It was like yeah, pulling yeah. a different okay. level from 
from each game from each yeah. generation essentially did it do like i don't know levels from sonic chaos on the game gear or something no not quite like because that. it was and mobile they never go back to, <laughs> never go back to chaos. But, but that would be the reason to do it right they would never, it? Go, never go back to any of the game gear sonics for that sort of no. nostalgia trip no well, the Game Gear Sonic like all... That's about as good as you get. Occasion, um, yeah, rarely. Super rarely. Because were the original Game Gear Sonics like... Sorry, you know, and everyone, just Master System ports, basically. Pretty much, yeah. Master System and but Game then, Gear versions were pretty identical. The same. But well, Chaos was just for Game Gear, right? It wasn't on the Master System, was it? I only remember the Game Gear version, but then yeah. I wasn't really paying attention to Master System back then. No, I was just getting, just curious. Um, yeah. Anyway, that would have been the time to reference Sonic Chaos would have been there. Uh, yeah, I mean, no, I think that's maybe they could have done that for the 3DS generations is instead of referencing a different level from the same games, do, do more different of the games. ones. Yeah. Yeah. Revisit I mean, you get, you else. get, with, like every time I remember 3DS generations, it's just like, oh yeah, the, this is a weird selection of levels because it has Mushroom Hill, which is fu- like that's fine. That's a cool pick. On Sonic Three, yeah, yeah. Oh, Sonic and Knuckles, <laughs> Sonic and Knuckles, oh, Sonic and Knuckles. Sorry. And then it's got like, um, what is that level called? The the seaside level from Adventure, the first level. <laughs> what is that oh, even called? Man. Yeah, I don't yeah. Know. It's like, like the whale, Palm Beach, or something <laughs> like yeah. But uh, like that level has the has. I like that level in in the generations because it has the good, it has both versions of the music mm. for the two different versions of Sonic, of course, which is slightly weird because it's normally a like old school remix and then the modern remix. Whereas in like in the 3DS version, they tend to have the two different versions of the song that was on those levels originally, yeah. like in Adventure. I mean, to me, that just high, it just reminds me that Adventure was probably bigger in its original plan, right? Because those music cuts are so strange mm. in, in, in the real Dreamcast game, which is like halfway through the stage, the music changes. Yeah. Well, I mean, sometimes it made sense where it's like you go into the tornado and... I mean, maybe. And you get the whole, the whole end bit and... that level is different. Yeah. yeah. But just make, just make two longer stages. Like, that's why, that's why I think it was probably cut at some point. They probably planned to do that. and then. Well, I mean, some of the adventure stages weren't exactly short. No. <laughs> Mainly because they were paying the ass to get through in some cases. <laughs> <laughs> yes, some of the later ones. But yes, that is the trouble with... The, that is the trouble with Generations, is that, like, some of these levels, I, I only play for the music because I don't like the level that much. Mm. But then that's what soundtracks are for. <laughs> But then some of those, yeah, some of the level design on those. It was, it was a weird period for Sonic, honestly, like because those, like Rush and Rush Adventure, are pretty good games. Yes, and then even though everyone seems to not remember, <laughs> yeah. And well, as we've proven, Sonic Advance Two probably isn't as good as we originally remembered. Those, some of that stage design is a bit horrid in places. I mean, it's old style. Yeah. <laughs> Better than Sonic Advance Three, if we ever get to it. They would really benefit from. Those games are where I think, like, you know, they just put out Sonic Origins and it's like those games would actually really benefit from a, um, a remaster because some of those stage design problems could probably just be solved by having a bigger field of view. Well, yeah. Although that could be said for most Sonic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be able to see more probably would make it much easier. That, that is true. <laughs> they need to go like full on 
uh, Jazz Jack Rabbit 2 and have it like, zoom way out. zoomed out. <laughs> as soon as you start running. Because well, uh, that game didn't scale to resolution. If you picked a big resolution, everything was the same pixel density. Yeah. And so if you if you had a big screen at the time... But it, it, did it, also just, have, it just looked so super tiny. It did also have the dynamic zoom, right, in that game? Like when you were moving fast, it panned out slightly? I don't know. Maybe. I don't really remember it. I just seem to remember that because that was like... It looked weird because it was scaling. Hmm. Like it was one of those situations where you, you'd think of it as being an old school kind of pixel arty style thing, except it scaled more. So it was just like... It was that, that weird generation where it's just like it's not it's no longer mode seven yeah, <laughs> it's just yeah. like it's straight scaling <laughs> so maybe they haven't quite nailed it yet i don't know it's quite early really yeah Chairs too. anyway so generations you're making me want to play again yeah i know but um <laughs> i did recently uninstall it because it's been on my pc for like years yes, I, I was every time Recently, I thought about it and looked at it. I'm surprised it's not still installed in my system. <laughs> <laughs> and then that slightly dissuades me from playing it. But then I can just go and play the free yes version, I guess. Because they put out... A, Sonic Colors was also in that category of, like, it's not the same game. But they did a, they did a 3DS Sonic Colors. Yeah. Yes, that was when they were doing that. They were making the paired game. Because there was a... They did that for Sonic Boom as well, didn't they? And supposedly the 3DS one is actually relatively good compared to the Wii U game. I mean, anything would be good compared to that Wii U game. Yes. Is that the one main, quote-unquote, mainline Sonic game I haven't played? Sonic Boom. Feature video content. Yeah. (laughs) I I mean, I'm ignoring that Bioware RPG in that, because I definitely haven't played that. Does that count as mainline? No. <laughs> so that answers your question, then. Yeah, it's a, it's a spin off. <laughs> and there's a lot of non mainline Sonic games I bet you haven't played. <laughs> well, if, if we want to talk about fan made, then sure. Well, no, I meant even real ones. Yeah, because I haven't played Sonic Shuffle. You play Sonic Battle? Yes. <laughs> Briefly. It's bad. Um, <laughs> I played Sonic Rivals mm. and, and Rivals 2. Yep. They're not great. <laughs> we made videos of Sonic Riders, naturally. Yeah. With that, the only good one of those. <laughs> well, apparently the sequel was okay, and then that Connect one is dog shy. Yep. Because <laughs> I Which reminded myself is... that that existed the other day, <laughs> that they made a Connect Sonic Riders game. Right. They didn't make one like the Tony Hawks where you had to stand on a physical skateboard. Oh, no. Thing, did they? Yeah. Well, what was that thing for Sonic? I mean, that would probably work well, better than what they tried to do with the Connect. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> didn't, it, didn't that, like, that board worked for, like, it was a little bit tilt sensitive, but then also had, like, an IR, some sort of sensor by the side of it so it could, like, detect when you were doing, like, a push? I think it was just a button. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, that, that's even worse. I thought, it, I thought it had like a little Gosh. little presence sensor or something or a motion sensor. Like, no, not, not like a proper that's where your foot is sensor, like just to detect there's something there to, to do, a, do, a, do a push. Is it Tony Hawk's? I can't remember how yeah, that thing was supposed to work. Yeah, that sounds right. Right. I don't think we've seen nearly well, enough of that control. That's Sonic though. news. We want the, we, there should be like speedrun categories for that. 
for that controller or using that controller in other games. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because there's all Obviously kinds of things trying to use that controller in people skate beating dots <laughs> using ridiculous. guitar. Yeah. Yes, music does it have any analog? I suppose it does because it has like. Yeah, if it's got the tilt, then it'll have a bit of yeah, analog. Then... It doesn't matter what then... controls it has, you just have to massage it into whatever game yeah, yeah, you're playing. Yeah. That's why you play things with a guitar like, or a controller. Like how. Do you remember when I first got my PS2 and we were trying to play Tech and Tag with dancing mats? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was great fun. I enjoyed that. Nowadays, that, none of that stuff can actually happen, right? Because they all get properly recognized over USB as what they are. Yeah, I suppose so. So, like, yeah, past past the PS2 sort of era, that didn't really didn't really happen anymore. You need to get a very specialized, like, piece of mod equipment where it's just like a USB disguiser, where it's just like, <laughs> it just hides the, like, the metadata and just f- only proof its raw input yeah, into, yeah. into the computer. I think you plug in, it's just an Xbox controller. <laughs> I'm sure that's how a lot of, like, devices actually work. It's like, oh, it's just an Xbox. I was looking at, like, because my nearly broken ass Xbox 360 controller, I was like, I need kind of need a new controller, but mm. I, I only want a 360 controller. <laughs> but you can't get them any longer. No, well, not official ones. And then I was like, well, what's the shitty, what's the shitty third party Microsoft 360 controller like? They made them. They make them like with the same molding and stuff. Well, the right? trouble so is that like feel the same, but except for the not the important stuff. Yeah, right? not the, the analog <laughs> which is why I care about it. Yeah, can I crunch it? <laughs> That is question number one. Can I crunch that left analog stick? If the answer is yes, don't want it. Well, I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about how stiff it is or whatever. Like I, I never liked the Xbox Ones. They were they felt too soft. And also, I don't like Xbox One's shoulder buttons, which is the other reason I always <laughs> use the 360 pad. Fair enough. How do you feel about that PS4 controller? Because the Windows support's pretty good for that. I never liked PlayStation sticks. <laughs> I mean, the positioning is well. I mean, like, not the positioning, just like the feel of them. Okay, yeah. I've kind of got used to using my PS3 control, like res- <laughs> using an old PS3 controller on PC, just because you know I had those lying around. I did notice. I did notice just like the the other day there was an update for Steam where they now actually support we uh, switch Joy Cons for oh. real. Oh, cool! Well, <laughs> so, so if you Bluetooth just Bluetooth pair them to Windows, yeah, it'll just work. And you can even use them individually as a mini game pad, just like on the Switch. <laughs> okay, that's, that's pretty cool. You have to jump through some hoops to get the old Wii U Pro Controller working. Mm. Uh, but I did manage to get that working once. And I thought I would like use it because it's D-padded would be better than the 360 pads. Well, yes, that, compared to a 360, yes, it would be. And I figured this, <laughs> hey, this, this will actually be pretty good. Never used it again. Got it working and then never used it again. <laughs> But for now, I'm still surviving on this. The trouble, like this, the the 360 controller that I'm using now, which is the second one that I've worn out. Essentially, the stick is in much better condition than the previous one. It's just that the cable is going. Oh, really? Which I've had to. Oh, so you might be able to fix that. Well, not really though, because the cable is like, what can you even do? <laughs> it's a USB cable. There's nothing. Oh, what you mean? It's down the down the wire somewhere. Yeah. Not like not just like the literal connector that goes into the no. controller. Right. 
Well, I mean, could you even get at that well enough? I could probably rewire that, re recrimp it into a USB head into into where it needs to be. Well, you don't you don't crimp like that end. I suppose you'd have to resolder the bits. Yeah, I don't know what it's actually like on the inside of the controller. Yeah, I can't remember from when I last took one apart. But it was. It seems like it. It's there's a bit of dodgy cable, but it's like quite near the controller end. So I just, I figured out the exact position where it still works, which is conveniently just to fold the cable underneath the bottom of the controller and just tape it. So now it's basically like a oh, Dreamcast controller, yeah. but it works. <laughs> I mean, in fairness, I had to do something funky with my controllers, right? Because I don't, my, I don't have a working wired one anymore. My wired one bit the dust. Mm. Um, and the, yeah, so I, I use wireless ones when I have done, but I used to plug, used to use them with a battery pack, like in them, because of course I did. Yeah. But then that battery pack stopped working properly, so then I had to have a cable in the battery pack the whole time. But then the connector into the battery pack was where it was dodgy, so I had to rest it at a certain angle, <laughs> so, like when I was playing on the desk, so it was like feeding power into the controller through the battery pack that doesn't work. <laughs> I could have just put batteries in it. Yes, you could, <laughs> but I didn't. And I don't even remember where I put the old, old 360 controller. Well, I bet I kept it somewhere. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I'm not sure. That it's like, could I like transplant the sticks from this slightly less bad one, l less bad sticks into the old oh, controller that had worse sticks? I don't remember why I stopped using that controller, whether it was purely just the worn out sticks or whether there was actually something else did wrong it, with did it. Did it lose the return <laughs> to center or something? No, I think I just, I think it was just worn out, like. Well, I mean, obviously all the rubber wears out, yep. as you do, but I think it was just like they were getting... Yeah, Because I got some replacement rubber and put it on one of my 360 pads, and then that wore out yeah. because it was rubbish rubber. Yep. <laughs> I've got some more replacements of that, but I haven't been asked to replace them because it's like, well, this isn't going to last. It's much easier if you have a switch where you can just buy the whole control, the control stick assembly and just put it in there like I did. <laughs> Oh, so they like nicely modular inside then? Yes, because I think they're still modular in it, like Xbox controllers. But they, you probably still have to do some soldering and some awkward stuff. But. Yes, the switch, the switch one, as I said at the time, was just like it literally just has the whole stick assembly and then just a single like little cable that you just poke into the nice attachment or whatever. That's, just, that's actually pretty great. The oh, only like trouble that. is getting the damn thing apart and back together yeah, carefully. Yeah because it's a very tight fit of everything in that controller. Yeah, because the 360 controllers are super hard to get into. compared but, to be, but a lot of space to, on the inside. Yeah. <laughs> the X-Bone controller, much easier to get into. So, you know, that's why I've been able to attempt to fix them from the crunch so many times mm. and then immediately crunch them again. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't dared play Rocket League with my Series X controller to see if they fix that problem. Just haven't dared. You don't want to waste your controllers no, on Rocket League. I really don't. <laughs> all of my, wow, all of game. my, all of my X Bone controllers are busted now, apart from that one. <laughs> so it's um, uh, it, you know, all have have the weird stick problem, left stick problem. Uh, aside from aside from my Series X controller. So you're just going to play Rocket League on PC with the with X Bone controller, controller until that one's gone. <laughs> Oh, with a PS3 controller. Yeah, okay. that's, how, that's how I do it. Because yeah, th that generation of controller, hard as nails. <laughs> mm. Never, I've never broken an old PlayStation pad. In fairness, I haven't broken my PS4 pads yet either. Um, 
I just saw that they've just made the Joy-Cons compatible with Steam. So if you want well, some drift... Saying, yeah, Zach, Zach was saying that earlier. Yeah. yeah. They just announced that. I saw that in a news article. But I've been able to use the Pro Controller with the Steam before. Oh, what, the Switch Yeah, that, that's been around. Yeah. I think that was nearly at launch of oh, the really? Switch. They did that yeah. part. I don't know why the Joy-Cons would have taken so much longer. <laughs> maybe it's yeah, because it's, it's a bit weird. Maybe they didn't quite get how to pair them and have them separately at the same time, and there was some awkwardness around that. Right. Presumably it's two Bluetooth devices that need to act as one. Mm, yeah, it looks like you can use them individually with Steam or, and together. So yeah, I suppose that took a bit of extra work for them to do that. News. Yeah, if we got through the random actually talking about games, what's that about? <laughs> to know. There's uh, not much news to talk about, though. No, there isn't much news to talk about. <laughs> well, then that doesn't work. Then if we spend all the random on the games, then there's no news for our news section. We'll, we'll come up with an end section, I'm sure. Someone will think of something. We'll continue <laughs> to talk for two hours regardless. What's, what's going on in someone's kitchen? How, how are your kitchens? We haven't had a kitchen bitching segment for a long time. I mean, I'm this room I'm in contains my kitchen, <laughs> and I'm certainly bitching in it. <laughs> but uh, nothing about the are kitchen you just, section. You just, just like self-flagellating there, like I'm bitching in this kitchen. I'm bitching, bitching to you guys. Uh, <laughs> now I'm bitching. Yeah, exactly. I'm totally bitching. <laughs> I was like, I'm bitching, man. Yeah, that's not flagellation. No, that's not the wrong word. Oh, is it the opposite? <laughs> yes. <Okay>. So, congratulations. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've incorrectly played the opposite game. <laughs> yeah, I don't think any of my kitchen equipment is failing uh, right now. It seems to be Currently, doing its, this its job. I can do a vague yeah. bit of house grouse, I guess. Because <laughs> for some reason, so there's been a lot... There's, We've been getting, over the past like couple of years, we've been getting those little miniature power cuts that we get around here now, apparently. Yeah. Which mm, are which annoying. are attributed to, like, engineers fixing faults on the grid or whatever. Except I find How that, do you know that? Well, because there's a they... website. You can just go and look up yeah, why power cuts happened. They, they oh, do, really? They do mark those as events now. I think they're, they're forced to. Yeah. I mean, sure, it's regulation or whatever. Yeah. But like, I'm I'm I've never been convinced by that like literal description. Well, I mean, when they say it's fixing faults on the grid, it seems to me by the way these power cuts happen, it feels like they're rerouting power, but like badly. It just takes a moment or something. Yeah, because yeah. it always it always goes down in the exact same way where it goes off. It, there's like three seconds, then it comes on for like a second, then it goes off for like thirty seconds, and then it comes back on. <laughs> it's like this exact precise off on off thing that it does which is really annoying because my computer when the power goes off the first time and then three seconds later it comes back on that's long enough that my computer still tries to automatically turn back on and then when it goes off the second time and 30 seconds later it stays off which means my computer annoyingly tries to do a boot and then immediately gets cut out again Mm. which i can't be healthy for it i'm sure but then what's happening recently in our house is, for some reason, these these little power drops, when the power comes back on the at the end, the fuse blows. Ah. Like, our entire house just gets off permanently after the mini power cut is over. I guess because everything's trying to... Yeah, that's what on. I'm assuming. Yeah. 
I mean, well, I say the entire house, but it's actually one of the two of the circuits. Rooms, yeah. I blame the hot tub. Because, <laughs> I mean, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd totally do it. That'll probably do it on its own. Yeah. Those, those things just eat juice. Well, the thing is that, like, there, there is another situation which blows the fuse, which specific, specifically always annoys me because it's attached to the one that my computer is attached to, which is the pond pump in our back garden. It's it it has a cable that goes just through the back wall of the house and into a regular plug, and then it's got like one of those special isolator switch things on it. Mm. But like, if you Pretty much, if you literally touch that plug in any way, it just <laughs> blows the fuse. Wow. That can't be good. <laughs> well, that's what I keep saying. But it's like, just, like, just don't touch it. It's like, well, yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but also, if you need to turn it off for any reason, can you please warn me? Because it will blow the fuse and kill my computer. <laughs> As it does every time. <laughs> so, yes, but basically that one half of our house's, house's power is just like... Seems to be getting increasingly unstable mm. <laughs> to the point where now it just gets blown by trying to turn on after a power cut. Have you got like, has your house been rewired so it's got like a modern RCD in it? Well, yes. Like, okay. But, but it's still. My parents hasn't. <laughs> I'm sure. They're still using like a fuse box that has like physical wire you have to replace. It's old school. I know. They really need to get that done. <laughs> Vintage. But the thing is, like, the hot tub is on its own cable because obviously it has to be because it's a fucking ridiculous amount of power i'm sure but it's 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 got an extra thick outside grade cable or whatever but it still goes all the way into the fuse box directly okay and it has a, a separate fuse but it is still within one of the two blocks and that's why i'm confused where it's like why wouldn't you put that on a completely separate one for god's mm. sake because it's a fucking hot tub <laughs> I mean, I guess. I mean, it's probably more expensive to actually put a whole separate ring. Yes, you probably had to, and you probably would have had to replace that entire fuse box yeah. rather than just adding one more block to it. Yeah. Or not block, one more fuse to it, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But god damn it. So I, got, I suppose I've got a mind about house grouse yeah. while we're talking about electricity yep. and wires and stuff. My broadband currently sucks. So I'm, oh, pretty, I'm, how come? I'm I'm pretty happy this podcast is recording okay. <laughs> so far. Yeah. Um I don't know. I think I think they're doing a bit of work down the road. Um and uh I've noticed my download speeds like are less than half of what they should be. Um, oh dear. I've, I've just been trying to download stuff. <laughs> and then then you go look at how long it's going to take and I'm like that's an obscene amount of time. What is going on? I'm sure um, it's not an obscene amount of time at all. It's a few hours sometimes, <laughs> but like, admittedly, I was trying to download like 15 gigs today, and it took several hours. And it's like, well, okay, 15 gigs. I should probably probably expect that. But uh, but yeah, it was still. Uh, it, you just look at Steam and you, or whatever, and you see the download rate, and you're like, like, like one and a bit megabytes per second. That's rubbish. You can do better than that. Yeah, I guess that is kind of rubbish. That's rubbish. So yeah, the the the, the, the Ookla speed test says I've got about twenty megs, and it's like, yeah, I know people shouting with like, yeah, hey, I've got a hundred meg connection. No, 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 fuck you. Uh, I've got, <laughs> it's supposed to like around here. It's supposed to be like a max of seventy, and I've historically right. got about fifty something. Yeah, like my um, my house theoretically has seventy slash fifty, but then I'm on wireless, so I get crapple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whereas I'm not, I'm I'm wired in here, like totally, like this this room is wired, um, so there shouldn't be any like Wi-Fi 
mistakes in the air. <laughs> That's what Wi-Fi does. It just has a little mishap in the air. <laughs> doesn't quite make it. Um, so yeah, I'm. Uh, I've, I've spotted whilst we've been talking. Yeah, actually, that's the. the I, pl- mm, I'm with Plusnet, and I don't want to really like badmouth them too much before I get down this line too much. But it's like they don't have a very good way of getting initially in contact with them. Like you go on their website, and it's like, do you want to report a fault? And it says, well, the easiest way is to is to text help and your phone oh, number. God. So this like it's like that is not the easiest way. No, I'm on the website already. Why, I, why is it I easier not just to report it to you? Yeah, from here. <laughs> Yeah, which is terrible. I mean, I suppose technically, if you want to report a fault when your internet's out, the easiest way is to do it by phone. <laughs> well, yeah, but then, I'd be, but then if I'm on the website, I've clearly got means by which to, like, to, to read the website. Well, or, well, no, because you could be going to the website on your phone. and then yeah, it should be did, fine. Well, if I you could... didn't want to waste your data and you wanted to use text instead. <laughs> <sighs> or it could be at someone else's house like that, yeah. Or, or, you know, my speed is down. I've still got the internet. Yeah, so like, it's not the kind of fault that they were talking about. They, sh- they, should, definitely ha- they should definitely have that kind of reporting, though. Like, just, just let me do it there. So I did, I did that. They haven't got back to me. <laughs> so that bloody worked. The easiest way is for it to not work. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> the easiest for them is to not it's have to anything not happen. Answer, just to not answer. Um, yeah, so I've, I've had to go through their forums, which is like a public posting of your problems. So yeah. that's like, that's slightly awkward. But then through that, I like in reading other people's problems. I did find like you can do like a BT wholesale speed check. They have their own. Oh, yeah. They have their own thing um, where you put your phone number, your landline number in, which I had to look up because <laughs> I don't. Ha- I don't use yeah. my landline. We don't have a phone plugged in. Um, I don't own a phone, <laughs> a landline phone. I don't have one. Um, uh, yeah, so I had to go that, like, look that, plug that in, and then BT will go and check your line. And it came back with three and a half megabits. Through the through the BT wholesale checker, and I'm like, okay, something's clearly very wrong with this line. Mm. Um, so yeah, put that on the public forum as well. We'll see, see what happens. But ugh. that's annoying that you have to go on public forums to try and get. It seems yeah, the worst things to happen. It seems the worst. Well, it's just like Plusnet have been pretty good with me. Like honestly, like yeah, it was a pain in the ass when I had to transfer the connection to here. That didn't go so well. Mm. Um, and took like a couple of weeks longer than um, than I had planned it all out to be, um, which was frustrating. And then, but it's, I don't think it's just them. You know, all broadband providers seem to be rubbish at this. Mm. What like, transferring you? Well, yeah. Transfers, problems, anything to do with the actual real line or anything like that. They are just awful at dealing with it, and it's um, yep. Um, I'm not in, I'm not saying anything uh, particularly new and journalistic about that. It's still bad. <laughs> that said, it's not well, bad enough that I can't use it. That's, that's, that's I shouldn't complain. Yeah, too it's much. still it's still working. We're still recording we're still the podcast talking. right now. And we're I can recording. Hear uh, you can just about hear me. <laughs> that's the key. Maybe I'm in robot mode, but we'll see when it comes out. I think it's all right. It sounds fine. It sounds fine. Cool. I looked up this uh, power cut map and I can't see anything about me to market, but I can see that the Barlows have no power. <laughs> <laughs> Currently, yeah. <laughs> your, we estimate your power will be back on at 6pm to 7pm. <laughs> wow. They were doing work on the power line that knocked out my power for like several for a couple of days, like in winter. Do you remember I mentioned that? Like, yeah. They're, they're, oh, yeah. They're, they're, they've been back having a look at that line. Um, 
So maybe it won't happen if the wind gets bad again. Hmm. What, like, uh, actually trying to preemptively fix things yeah, <laughs> to, so that the co- problems won't be caused by weather in future? Wow. Maybe, that's, I, mean, uh, I mean, maybe. Forward thinking. Who'd have thunk? Also, general UK fixing grouse, I suppose. Every road in the country currently has roadworks. Every <laughs> road, I swear. <laughs> it's the worst. Why have you been, you've been traveling the country? Yeah, I've been traveling a bit. But it's like, the, I, I don't think I've seen a road that doesn't have some kind of bollard on it. <laughs> it's Cone Town, baby. Cone Town. Wow, it must be crazy trying to work on do roadworks in this heat and I mean, drought. I mean, I think it's safe to say they're not. They just laid out the cones and wandered oh, off. Oh, they just left them there. <laughs> yeah, maybe. God damn it. How are we so bad as a, as a nation at, like, fixing roads? Like, <laughs> I don't think you just, are. Well, well we, the fact that we fix them, that's fine. The fact that they, that they take so long to do things seems ludicrous. We don't seem to get those jobs done in, like, the time it should take. Is that based on the amount of time that they're there or just the yeah, amount of time that it seems like they're there but nothing is happening? Well, there's a bit, bit of both. Yeah. A bit of both. What if there's like a good, good like, um, there must be a stat somewhere of amount of time work has been done on stretches of road where there are road work restrictions. Mm. I feel like maybe we're just slightly unlucky by like the one main bit of road near us has had roadworks almost continuously All for many time. years. And in, but fe- it's like it- and in fairness, this little triangle's had its fair share of roadworks this year. Like, this tiny little village in the middle of nowhere. Like, well, not that middle of nowhere, but, like, we <laughs> seem to get loads of roadworks on this little triangle. I don't know why. It, just, it did just seem like mostly coincidence for, like, the main road where it's, like... Every time, pretty much almost every time they finished something, there would be another accident and they'd have to do more roadworks. Yeah. yeah maybe. <laughs> it was like, it was like, kind of almost unlucky, it's it like, seemed. It's like the A12 at the moment has a ludicrously long stretch of 40 mile an hour zone because they're doing barrier replacement. And yep. It's like, fine, repair the barrier. Not a problem. I don't know why you've decided to like barrier off like 30 miles of, of road and you're probably only able to work on a small bit at a time. Mm. Why do that? Why disrupt this entire length of motorway? Well, probably when you can do because when bit? they deliver the barrier, they deliver a lot of it at once, presumably. Presumably, <laughs> yeah. But like, time it better, right? So you rip it all up and put it all in. <laughs> like logistics. Yeah, man. that's the thing. You'd think, you know, if they put a little more into it, they could uh, do things the same work with a bit less disruption by just t- timing things better or scheduling things a bit better. I suppose, but half the job is probably scheduling, so oh, yeah. I don't know. I'm sure. It seems like they leave a lot of leeway and buffer, and then the, and then yeah, block off way more of the road than they're actually currently working on, or more way more mm. of the road where they've like removed the barrier in this instance, or have a temporary barrier. But anyway, I'm sure you guys are doing the best you can, but it still sucks. <laughs> Sorry, why can't you do it like the railways where just a thing goes past and it's done? <laughs> or like like. Isn't like Japanese road fixing is like the quickest and best in the world? They like do it in a day half the time. They do everything really quickly yeah. and efficiently. At least that's the way it seems to us outsiders. I'm sure they the people in Japan complaining about roadworks. Maybe they plan uh, it for a really long time before they then fix it. But when they do go and fix it, they do it like really quick. So maybe stuff stays like in a state of disrepair for extended periods of time. <laughs> 
and then it's like no, it's, now it's done. And then no, overnight it's fixed. Yeah, yeah someone probably. actually clicked the build road button in SimCity. And just, SimCity just overrode that bit of road. So do you know <laughs> what they were fixing on your on your on your triangle then? If you don't, you I have no idea. What don't doing. even know why. I have no idea what they're uh, doing. Yeah. Okay. I mean, they they are suspiciously near one of the green boxes that. Yes, where the one on the corner. Maybe, yeah, maybe so. they'll come and fix your broadband. Yeah, yeah. or unbreak it. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. I mean, that's my unbreak concern: it. is that whatever they're doing is just bust it. Yeah, they've done something underground or whatever that's just that's added noise. Would be my guess to the to the feed. Anywho, grouse over. News. News. Somehow, do we have any news <laughs> though? <laughs> Small bits no. of news, uh, but. Wait, why is this? this that's is, the wrong. That's the wrong. You're going to say Bayonetta. Bayonetta three is still coming out yeah, this year. We, yeah, we know that. The, the little note I had on this one, on this bit that I, was, I think I was supposed to read, that I've, I've clearly not put in the right week of news, um, was that uh, <laughs> Nintendo sent me a marketing email, like saying, "You like Zelda, right? Check out this other Zelda stuff." And on it, it had Breath of the Wild sequel, and they said coming out later this year. And I'm like, no, no. No, lies. no, no! You can't. You don't do that. Later this financial year. <laughs> yeah, probably. So Nintendo are getting their marketing wrong. Um, I guess the uh, most relevant news to me is um, Facebook slash Oculus slash Meta have announced the Quest Two is getting a one hundred pound price bump that is, I think, already in place. Bump. Bump. Oh dear! Not a not a not a not a reduction. A bump. I thought it was their like whole like future business model to sell uh-huh. these things at a loss and then get yep. everyone in the metaverse or whatever. Exactly. <laughs> Do no one's surprised that turned out not to be the right idea. Well, I, well, I get the feeling they might have had enough of being a loss leader already. Yeah. Wow, surprising. So yeah, they announced that, and uh, almost immediately it sold out everywhere. Or I got my hands on one. Oh, exciting times. So you got one at the original price? I got one at the original price, yeah. Sweet. But did you not need to upgrade your computer? Uh, no. It, every, so far, everything's been fine on my aging 1080 graphics card. Uh, it's been perfectly acceptable. Uh, yes, I'll talk about that in a bit, but... It's, yeah. that, it's that whole thing, right? Yeah. So their statement was like, oh, we want to be able to drive more innovation in the space, and to do that costs money. And I'm like, you guys make a bucket load yeah, of money. Yeah, a billion. Well, maybe not, the, maybe not the VR department any yeah. longer. Maybe the Oculus division or is, is, is struggling. And like maybe, maybe, maybe the higher-ups were like, you guys shouldn't be losing so much money. Like VR in, me- in the metaverse probably isn't going to be as big as we well, think it is. Maybe that's it. Maybe they got lumped in with the metaverse stuff and they were just like, let's, well, after we've committed so much to the metaverse thing and everyone is totally unenthusiastic, let's make some changes to the whole VR situation. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so they are due to, I mean, it's, kind, it's, it's, it's made doubly weird in that it's, kind of a open secret that there will be two new meta headsets coming in the near future so next year it's expected there to be quest 3 um and some higher tier product sort of something probably along the lines of the the vive pro and the index that sort of range um 
Wait, is it the Vive Pro? HTC put out another headset, didn't they? I don't know. I can't remember. They, they, is it still the Vive? Is that still the thing? Anyway, um, yeah. So like, it's it seems odd that you know they that they would bump prices now, like, and, it, and mm. if, if these new headsets are probably not that far away, maybe they're just like trying to like uh, ease expectations to be like the next one's not going to be as cheap. <laughs> like so so when quest 3 comes out and it's 100 pounds more or whatever and the the then then this one they're like i mean so it's not 200 pounds more <laughs> so it's not 200 pounds more yeah or maybe then those new stories will be like that right it will read like oh the new the new set costs 100 pounds more but it is considerably more powerful or maybe it'll be the same price and then that look even better well yeah <laughs> yeah exactly like they maybe they're playing a a PR game, but like we'll take the hit now because it doesn't matter. We'll wait for Quest Three to come out, and then, then everyone will be on our side again. I mean, they they could have PR'd it even better and been like, "We're having to raise the price because of supply chain issues due to the leftovers of the pandemic, and we can't get the parts to make it so cheaply any longer." Uh, uh, or whatever. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure they didn't even mention that. Yeah, like it seemed like that was being an easy out for a price raise. Yeah. They want to drive innovation in the VR space by making sure there are fewer people in it. <laughs> by mm. giving more money to pay their developers to make shitty metaverse crap. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, there was some good news. Like, like I don't know when it happened exactly, but um, uh, Facebook is no longer a requirement of, of oh, okay, that's good. Oculus gear. That, that, that got reverted See, at some point. You have to make an Oculus account. So you'd have to hmm. log in with Facebook. No, you don't have to. I mean, I did anyway because it was like a one click. It was just like there yeah, you go, boosh, of and it's like, oh, cool, cool. You're you're off. Um. So it was, that was reasonably convenient. But if you are anti Facebook, you now have an option. Well, kind of, except it's still the same company. <laughs> kind of, but you're not. But you're not making a Facebook account. You're not having that. So you don't need a social media account to use. Yeah, this but thing. yes, you've still got an account with. Yeah, them, but don't... it's but it's not a public facing account that anyone can go find. Well, but technically, how like how much would you even have to do to that Facebook account to make Lock it... it down? Well, no, to use the if you wanted to use the headset, but you had to make a Facebook account. What is the required amount of interaction you have to put into that Facebook account in order to maintain that for the headset? Do you even have to do probably, anything? Probably none. No, could, like, probably nothing, no. Because, you know, the, it would be one of those... It's one of those, like, log in with Facebook blue buttons, yeah. right? And it's like, that will count as an interaction on its own. Um, so just using the site, using the headset with your Facebook account would 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 count as an interaction and keep your account alive. Not that Facebook, I think, does that. I don't think... Do Facebook do, like, a dormant account thing? And I don't think so. Off? They want to keep you, don't they? Yeah, they uh, want your data forever. Yeah. I'm sure there's... Like most of the people that signed up to Facebook originally are inactive now. <laughs> sure. Yeah. It's I, all the, I might it's all even the... possibly have a Facebook account that's not mine because of the old, well, because of my old guy. email yeah, yeah. controversy, like um, random other person using email. I think I have. A, I think at some point <laughs> I, lo- I logged into that Facebook account that I didn't make <laughs> with the password that I didn't make. And then I was like, well, I guess I just changed the password. So Wait, I you... have this account. <laughs> How did you like? Uh, did it not have like recovery questions or no? Because it's just like je- je- re- oh, it only sent you like a. It sends it to, to my email, email. Oh. <laughs> so I'm just like, well, I can just change this password, I guess, and now I have this account that oh. I'm never going to use. Oh, that's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> I 
that was in the phase when I was like, maybe I can cause this other guy to realize he's doing this by basically stealing all his accounts. <laughs> like, I think I got a Uplay account from that as well. <laughs> Wait, really? Wow. Yeah. Oh my God. Crime. <laughs> it's not my fault. <laughs> Stop using my email. <laughs> I mean, was there anything on these accounts? Well, obviously the Facebook one was empty because it was a new Facebook account or whatever. Oh, I see. So you noticed because it was a new site. <laughs> yeah, because he, yeah. he created this account. I don't... I think the Uplay account had one of the Far Cries, but I think that was a free thing at the time. Probably, yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know. I think I do... I, I think I also actually have an actual Uplay account because at one point I tried to play Trials because oh, even okay. if you're playing yeah. playing that on Steam, it logs into the Uplay servers. Did you, did you have one for Trackmania? Because Trackmania... Didn't no, you? it was before. Oh, it was before the, Trackmania, the, the new one. Yeah, didn't have that back then. Okay. Because yeah, Ubisoft bought Nadio at some yeah. point. Yeah. Nadio. Nadio. Nadeo? Nadeo. That's probably the right way. Nadeo. Those letters are the other way around. That's news. So that's Elkless news. That's pretty much all news, yeah. I mean, there was some Pokemon stuff, but they've got another replacement for Gigamaxing or Gigantamaxing. invented yet another pointless mechanic that's going to go away next game. Kerastalization, which is an awful word. Crystally. Terrestrialization. And My it, tongue dislikes it. And it does look exactly like what you would expect, where they took Sword and Shield and they took Arceus and they put them together. <laughs> and Mash them together. Go. I mean, yeah, good, good play, honestly. Well, theoretically good play, except it's another clearly like rushed, like just they they need I mean, to take a break. Pretty, yeah, <laughs> for God's sake, it does seem pretty soon. <laughs> After Arceus, right? So this must have been... Oh, and after the Sword and Shield DLC, even. Right, yeah. <laughs> What's the combat more like? Is it more traditional? Or well, more they like haven't Arceus? really shown... Well, they've shown, like, visuals of combat. They haven't really shown, like, gameplay. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, Arceus's combat, if you are only looking at, like, animations or whatever, does look like normal Pokemon combat. It's just yeah. slightly different in the, like... The Q system and the and the alternate moves and that kind of thing. Right, it's not all that different, but it is slightly it, different. It's obviously in the world a bit more, and yeah, there's, there's some balance. I mean, that, because sometimes the Pokemon's attacked you as the trainer. I right? don't think they intentionally target you, apart from I mean, this is what I understand of Arceus. They don't intentionally target you in a battle, but if you're in the if, world, if you haven't deployed your Pokemon, <laughs> oh, then they will attack you. They'll come at you. Okay. <laughs> They, they, they get distracted by Pokemon. Well, yes. Once you initiate a real battle, Pokemon are um, re- weirdly bound to honor, I guess. Honor <laughs> <laughs> a, a code, guys. But yes, that just it does indeed look like another Pokemon that they're, they're rushing out too quickly and is going to be probably exactly the same as it always has been. <laughs> well, it can't be... Ex- exactly the same like it'll be more different than sword and shield right i guess maybe like, this isn't like a ds game that they ported to well, switch is it not this time no but i mean it doesn't look like they've i mean it is hard to tell because until we can see 
it's mainly the transition from like being in the world to fighting that's the problem because like obviously in sword and shield it was more traditional like you yeah. go into a battle scene and then yeah. in arceus it was like you just throw out the pokemon but yeah like, in the world but yeah. in arceus's world it was like more designed for that than a regular pokemon game would be because the whole point of Arceus was more capturing than battling. Yeah, it was mm. leaning on the go side, right? Yeah. So, and then in a you know like a mainline Pokemon game, you actually have to, you know, that that grinding the battles is half of the game, really. <laughs> so mm. it's not it, it's not gonna it's gonna have much more reliance on getting into fights like over and over and over rather than just capturing everything as soon as you see it, which is how Arceus more or less worked. You just throw Pokemon mm. at everything. Presumably if they use what they've learned from Arceus to solve, well, I don't know, I'm saying that it was completely solved, but like the performance issues of the open area, right? from the first... <laughs> I don't think Arceus solved anything in that regard. No, it was, did it still run like It ran, ran like real crap? bad. Oh boy. It had all kinds of texture popping. Rats. Because that's the... I think if they solved that and had it at least vaguely stable... Yeah then that experience would be fine or a bit more fine. Yes. I mean, the, because it was really bad in like Sword and Shield, right? Well, the problem with Sword and Shield in general is just like the more the world design, just like a, they made an open world and then it was extremely empty. Mm. Like more so than you would expect. I mean, it's it's like, here's a big open grass field and sure, there's not mm. that much to it, but it still feels even more empty than that should feel. In, in, in fairness, that's. I mean, do you remember when people complained about Final Fantasy Thirteen being too linear? Yeah. And then they had that bit where it's like, "Oh, here you go. Here's the open bit." Yep. It's basically just a grass field. Yep. <laughs> but at least in Final Fantasy, you get random battles to constantly kick you out of that grass field. I think you did in Thirteen. I thought. Oh, oh no! Were, wait, yeah, Thirteen. They actually had them in the world, didn't they? Yeah, I think by that point. From I want to say twelve onwards, like random battles aren't haven't been a thing. They've all been visible. So yeah, I don't know about this. I mean, I don't think it's going to get me again. I think I need at least one more game before I'm likely to be golf play Pokemon again. <laughs> mm, we'll see. You're going to give it some time. <laughs> That's how it goes. I managed to resist for a certain number of games and then eventually they get me. In fairness, it's not like the Nintendo schedule is not packed this year, like with, with Bayonetta and Splatoon on the way. Yeah, but that... It, the, the schedule for Pokemon is the same every year, and that's the yeah, problem. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you've got other Switch things, is what I'm saying. Well, there's other, there's other Switch to be had, and none of us have played Metroid Dread yet, which no, feels like I, a mistake. I really should get around to that, probably. Yeah, I, mean, mm. I remind myself of that every now and then, and then don't do anything about it. <laughs> I really haven't played any Switch games apart yeah, from Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> apart from Hyrule Warriors. Yeah, right? apart from Hyrule Warriors for quite a while. It's funny because you had the demo of Metroid Dread, so it should have been enough to get you hooked. Well, yeah. I mean, I said at the time, I was just like... Would have thought. I, I was, I've said at the time I was probably going to play it, but I was just like, I'm not, you know, the price was, was a bit much, I felt. But, I mean, that's never right, going to yeah. change because it's a Nintendo, Nintendo game. Tech. Full, yeah. full price, right. You never know. Maybe I can yeah. find some like ten quid reduction on Amazon or something. Yeah. Like, sometimes you can get away with that. And some, some yeah, if you're really lucky, mm. you, like you can get like secondhand copies on eBay. Are still, especially if you don't mind getting a physical version, that's yeah. fine. Um, that can happen. 
but you're not going to get huge discounts on Nintendo stuff, especially Nintendo's own stuff. No. Um, and I'd have to get a physical copy because all my storage is full. <laughs> yeah, right. I actually bought an SD card for my, for my, for my Switch. I mean, I have one in there. It's just oh, not really? the big yeah. one. Okay. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't install the Switch version of Rocket League when I tried that back in March. Like, that was what made me buy an SD card. <laughs> it's like, I can't fit anything else on here except for Rocket League. Yes. It's like the internal storage is quite small mm. on the Switch. <laughs> I might try their voucher thing. They still do. Oh that. right, the two games the two voucher games thing. thing. Yeah, because I'm because I'm definitely I, you know I'm not going to be able to hold back. Bayonetta three and Splatoon three, the threes. Right. I'm gonna I have to get a pair of threes, and so I might get a pair of those voucher things mm. and see if I see if I actually save money. Yeah, I guess mm, that could help, I suppose, because <laughs> I mean, we can at least guarantee. Two Switch games to get within the next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> At least two. And then whenever Breath of the Wild 2 comes out next year, that's, yeah. a, that's a lock as well, pretty much. You're going to finish yeah, Breath of the Wild 1 first. <laughs> I need a copy of that. <laughs> well, yes, that is the problem. I need Dan's physical copy, right, to make that possible again. Because you've got a digital yes, one. Yes, I've got a digital one. Yeah. Or, or you know, or you just or, take or, my or, switch because yeah. I'm not using it. <laughs> oh, true, it's in my switch. <laughs> it was my. No, it was on my switch, wasn't it? My save. Well, that's we transferred it off my switch onto your switch. Yes. Oh, okay. We did that. Yeah. That is the problem. Good, good. You would need to actually have the physical copy to do that. Yeah. You can't just take my switch. No, unless it cloud saves that. I'm pretty sure it. Well. Mm. I, don't have know. I, have, I haven't looked at Nintendo's cloud save offerings for forever, basically. Yeah, but I'd have to, I, I bet I have to load it, at least launch the game yeah. on the Switch for it to then cloud Sync. save it. Yeah, then, probably. But then cloud saving is only really for backup purposes. It's not for having your no. profile everywhere. Nope. Because obviously Nintendo doesn't want that. How far did you get into Breath of the Wild? I can't remember. I was... I'm done. I'm sure, well, I've missed a ton of stuff because you guys have talked about it before, and I'm like, because like Terry Town, right? That whole thing I've never Terry seen. Town, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's all kind yeah. of obscureish side. Yeah, that, that whole thing I've never seen. Um, but like in terms of the main progression, I think I was just uh, faffing around in the world for ages before uh, visiting Hyrule Castle. Right, right I've so you've never been there stuff. other than in Hyrule Warriors. <laughs> Sure, but you don't go to Hyrule Castle until the end, right at the end, right? Yeah, basically. I mean, you can kind of sneak in the dock at the back, and there's I a shrine can, there and you stuff. Can, you but, can yeah. go there whenever, <laughs> really. Arguably, yeah. It's just one of those things. It's like it's been so long at this point since I've played it. It's like I feel like I've forgotten everything. Yeah, mm. probably. It's gonna be a, it's a hard game to go back and replay, right? Because it's like, well, there goes another hundred hours. <laughs> well, I mean, if you. If you wanted to go back and replay, you just have to main you uh, just intentionally have to ignore all, as as many shrines as possible. I mean, you mm. need to do some of them to get some amount of health, probably. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> just go straight to the divine beast until you catch up, <laughs> or do them in the in the in the better order. Air first, get the <laughs> get the Rivali's gal, and then mm. be good. The good climb. Yeah, we'll see. I probably will just reload my save and then 
fail miserably for ages while I figure it back out again. Um, yeah, it won't take long. No, it's not that complicated, really. <laughs> no, it's really not. <laughs> Go for a exact training session. Yeah, probably. I mean, Hyrule Warriors is not is not going to prepare you for. <laughs> oh no, very anything. very much no. No. <laughs> well, except maybe. I mean, theoretically, I suppose it might actually make you quite good at dodging in Breath of the Wild because oh, the window in Breath of the Wild is huge. <laughs> What, compared, to, compared to getting yeah. the flurry Russian horror warriors, the breath of the wild window is gigantic. Which is in itself a bit of an oddity, isn't it? Yep. Because of the frame rate issues. It's like actually when that window is, is really hard to judge. But you can't spam it like you can in Breath of the Warriors. <laughs> no. Well, I think you better talk about what your Oculus pl- playing, yeah, Rob. I guess if, so. Uh, VR. Yeah. Yeah, so first things first. Motion sickness is real, yo. Um, <laughs> okay. It's like you weren't coincidentally immune. No, I that's thought... The, that's the classic situation of getting VR for the first time is discovering whether you are randomly... when you've been randomly blessed with immunity <laughs> to the yeah. motion sickness. I mean, people say, like, it is possible to gain VR legs. Sure. Um, but it's I'm a, I'm a little way from that at the moment. Um, like, I'm mostly okay. Um but it is like uh, I would say like passively, mildly headache-inducing, but a sort of specific kind of headache that doesn't really go away very quickly. <laughs> so I've got one right now, for instance, and I've played a few hours of VR today, and I'm pretty sure it's because of that. Well, I mean, it could but be like well, n- not necessarily like the motion thing, but it might be just be the fact of like having a screen in front yes. of your face and the fact that it's the faux 3D thing, right? That, yeah. Um, but hey, like I, I remember. Well, it's only been a, I've only had it a couple of days, but I know, sorry, remembering it shouldn't be that hard. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> I remember. I remember a few days ago. <laughs> I put I put this thing on my head, and uh, what, after the initial setup, which does take a little bit, um, there's, there's a reasonable number of steps to go through, and like it's teaching you how to create like boundaries of play, so you can specify where your boundary is but it's like even when going through that process a bit of me is just like oh vr is that is actually way more impressive than i thought it was <laughs> it's like yeah. I'd, I'd used it at like at egx a few times but i've never really spent a significant amount of time in vr like just just demos and things like that to see what it is and you know you know in those demos you never really take the time to set it up properly you never take the time to get it mounted on your face right or mm. uh or, or anything like that. And I still struggle, uh, to be honest, with the with the stuff in with the Quest 2, I am still struggling a little bit to get it mounted comfortably. Um, I might need to invest in better strappage. Um, but hey, that, all that aside, I was just like, okay, wow, this this actually really does work. And like, it's it's made doubly impressive by the fact that it's working on a device on its own most of the time, right? Because the Quest 2 yeah. is standalone. Um, yeah, and so you're going through the, the 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 opening tutorial thing, and it's and it's picking everything up pretty perfectly. Like when I'm holding the controllers, it's doing that kind of stuff. And then I discover a few de- a few like options in the menus where it's like, oh no, you don't need the controllers. And I'm like, sorry, wait, what? It's like, no, no, there's hand tracking in this thing. 
So I can you can at least do some of the basics. I don't think you'll be able to play many of the actual games and experiences with it, but you can you can browse around the menus and stuff. Like if you just if you've put the controller down and it'll it'll pick up where your hand is and you can do actions in it. It's like okay, that's pretty amazing. Nice, yeah. Uh, it's like just using the external cameras that it's yeah, using yeah, yeah. to orient itself. Just it's, generally, it's finding your hands and where where your fingers are and things like that. So it's like theoretically, there's more advanced stuff they'll be able to do with that at some point. Um, yeah, uh, but you know, it's it's, it's a controller focused device. Don't get me wrong, but like the fact that it can, it, the fact that it can even do that at a basic level is is crazy impressive. Um, uh, yeah, just like it has these neat little features, like um, it has a. When you're drawing your boundary, it uses this feature called pass through, where it turns the external cameras on so you can see your surroundings. And it's like that seems like a, little, a simple thing, but it's like actually that's super important to how this thing works. Yeah. Um, so you can actually draw out where you're where you're allowed to be, and then once you've done that, at all times, if you get near that boundary, it, like it doesn't matter what you're doing, the quest will just display the boundary in it. Um, which then got me like like thinking about. The technicals for how this thing must work as an ecosystem must actually be really difficult, right? So the the Oculus must be able to like be able to put or any VR set for that matter. If, like if it's rendering this boundary, it's got to be doing that as an overlay in the world of whatever else is going on, right? Yeah, because so, so yeah, at all times it's, it's rendering layers upon layers upon layers, and I'm wondering how on earth is it actually doing that like what if the game mm. is using a different engine which it almost certainly is at times and it's like is it literally just overlaying these things over whatever video is coming in or is it like is there anything in front of the in 3d in front of the the barrier when you i mean it, you can, know, it can happen like you occasionally see that stuff but i don't i, I can't right. say i've ever because like, that's the whole point in the boundary right you want to be able yeah. to see it you don't want it to be obscured um, yeah if, if, if the thing's going to show you it you want to see it Absolutely. Um, so, like, yeah, somehow it's. I, I, I guess it's managing all of that as a as a video overlay, whilst also managing the three D of the other stuff that's going on. And it's like that's kind of complicated, surely. Mm, maybe I don't know. I feel like you could. It could be like always a shader effect, right? Like it's. But that requires like knowledge of the three D engine of the thing you're viewing. Does it though? Because it's like if it's it the. If it's just overlaying it directly, because the it, it could have the spatial, it has the spatial data anyway, so it doesn't have to know what the game thinks the spatial data is compared to its spatial data that's using to draw the barrier. They could be pretty much separate, and it just has to overlay the two images. Yeah, I mean, I bet that I bet mm. that is what it's doing. Like, yeah, just a simple overlay of the of the mm. video, but because it's. But it looks weirdly more. I guess it looks looks more impressive because it's happening in three D, right? Yeah. <laughs> and and it's all updating in uh, realistically with your head movements. It's like so. I've I've toyed with a few things, and it's like I think it highlights where Quest. Ha I think that they have to deal with like the fact that the Quest Two isn't the most powerful PC in the world, and it's probably not going to be able to deliver perfect performance. And they have to deal with that in weird ways. So uh, I've played a fair amount of Rec Room, of course, because it's free um, on on Quest Two, uh, but playing it on uh, natively on the Quest Two, like not through the PC. And uh, I think they games like the, if they're struggling for power a little bit, they deal with it with the world positioning updating slower, but you can still look around at high refresh, and that's right. weird. Right, so you're, you're, it's tracking your head movements perfectly still, but your hand actions—you can clearly see they're not updating at full frame rate, or 
and or if you move through the environment or the environment animates and it's like that that movement isn't perfect frame isn't rate. at it's the like, full frame rate yeah. but it's still clearly able to render the environment at full refresh as you would think about it in yeah but not update it yeah on a pc screen like just a standard 2d plane i suppose mm. yeah it's still able to do that but they have to limit the performance in other ways um mm, weird, I, yeah. I guess that's a motion sickness thing again because if it lagged when you looked around that would be worse definitely worse yeah um and obviously they do resolution scaling and stuff like that which you can see very easily at times because it's um yeah, because it, it's, yeah, it's right up on your eyeballs. Yeah, it's pretty pixely at times. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and Rec Room is probably not the best example. It doesn't run great. Um, what is Rec Room again? So Rec Room free. is a free sort of social uh, oh, right, environment. Right, hangout. Um, but it's also got like uh, these rooms that are basically games in them. Um, and it's it's supposed to be one of these like collaborative things where people can make rooms they can make their own games they can make their own like experiences they can make art if they want and it takes you through this as you when you first make your account and it's like here go for here you can do this you can do this you can do this um so of course the first thing i did was going to a game of paintball um sure uh and okay so rec room is, is one of those games where you can either use the teleport mechanism but you're not going to do well if you do that like, because like, you've got to look where you need to go, you need to press a button to go where you need to go. Da, da, da. That takes time away from just moving and shooting. So mm. it does offer the ability to like move with the stick as well. So this may be your first introduction into Swimmy Land, because obviously your head is now moving around in space when you're not physically moving. And that's where motion mm. sickness comes from. But it's weird, to say the least. It's a strange feeling. I've had that. I have had that before when I've done EGX demos, but uh, where I've been stood up and using full, like, just a controller to move around in this in this world, and it does it does make you feel slightly odd. Um, mm. I, I do feel like that's better now than perhaps it used to be. I remember feeling much worse when I tried a prototype Rift with that control scheme. Um, right. Just. I mean. Yeah. Prototype Rift. Yeah, I mean, what what kind of frame rate and sort of resolution was it back then? Oh, I don't know. But it, was, it was a fairly low res. Um, yeah, back on back in those days. Um, and yeah, it was, and it was. I think it was some walking simulator. I was playing at EGX and was using like a PlayStation controller potentially to move around. Yeah, and it was. Um, yeah, and I was standing up whilst doing it, which was a mistake. Um, but you stand up while playing Rec Room because, like, yeah, in, in the paintball mode, you need to be looking right. around and like shooting, and it's like. And it does highlight a few of, like, if you're going to do a game where you move around like that, there's actually quite a few little control problems to worry about, right? Because it doesn't know which way your body is facing. So if you press up on the stick, it's going to move in the direction of your head. Mm. So if I'm trying to get somewhere, but I'm also looking around whilst moving, if I turn to the yeah. left and I'm still pushing forwards, I'm actually now walking to the left. It's kind of weird. I wonder if you could, it could tell how... I mean, you'd have you to, know, if you how had, like, far sense. you turned your head. Well, if you could yeah, detect so. your hands, surely the cameras might be able to see far enough down yeah, to may, maybe get you part could, of your body. Or, yeah, maybe you could teach yourself to have, like, this is my directional hand and this is the hand that's actually holding the gun. Or, or they make it so that when you start pushing forwards, it locks that as forwards, even if you continue to look around while you're moving. I mean, maybe, yeah. That might be a... That's probably better, honestly. <laughs> because, like, one of the things I'm slightly wary of is, like... I've got, I haven't got a, even in my living room, I don't think I've got a huge amount of space for VR. I feel my, like the the boundary warning comes up quite a lot. 
Um, and uh, so I've become a little bit wary of like doing dramatic jumping, or turning around and things like that, or waving my arms too much. Um, and so like, as a result, I'm, I'm, I'm staying fairly static and then using like the snap turns and things like that. And then doing things and doing mm. little turns with my head rather than like being full on VR, um, which is probably a mistake for playing those things. Well, um, but yeah, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, anyway, the paintball mode's quite fun. <laughs> it's just, you just have a gun and you're shooting other dudes in the face. It's fun. And like, there are those like little shields you can pick up and you can hold them in your other hand and shoot with the other one, or you can do wield pistols or they have like paint shotguns and grenades you can huss. It's, it's pretty cool. Oh, um, they put quite a lot into it then. Yeah. 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 There's, there's like a dodgeball game where you like run to the center of a court, pick up a ball and try to huss it. The other team, it's, it's dodgeball. It's what you think. Um, no, oh, nice. There's, there's, yeah, I haven't tried any of the like user-generated content in it yet, but yeah, yeah, Rec Room's quite expansive. There's, I mean, is Rec Room related to the, the metaverse stuff or whatever? No, no, no. It's, it's a completely it's way so, older. Yeah, it's way older. It, oh, came right, out, okay. it came out in the early days of Steam VR. Ah, so it's right unrelated it's been, to. It's been ported to Quest since. I see. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, I mean, for a free experience. Go for it. Give it a go. You might as well. You get, there's quite a lot there. I haven't found myself being quite as taken by... It has a laser tag game as well that's very similar to the paintball game, but, like... Yeah. Partly because... And this may be performance-related. Like, so in the laser tag game, all the guns have a very low clip size and a reload action, whereas in paintball, like, none of the guns have a reload action. You just go... Pop, 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 like a real paintball mm. gun. Um, mm-hmm. But, like... So, like, in the laser tag mode, you fire, like, five shots with the basic pistol, and then you've got to pull the chamber on the top of the gun and, like, grab it and pull it back with your other hand. And that mm-hmm. doesn't seem to work for me very well all the time. So if you're in a panic situation and you're shooting at someone and your aim's wildly off because I haven't got my eye in on this stuff yet, um, yeah, and you're trying to then pull in pull in the, the reload at the same time. It's like none of that really flows. Like it, I think it forces you to pull it all the way back. And if you don't pull it all the way back, then it doesn't properly reload. And it's like it can be, you can be like in a fight being like, why can't I shoot? And click. I'm still not shooting. Click. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> so that, I found that a bit annoying. But I don't know if that's just because the motion is not right or if I'm not doing the motion quite right or if, uh, if the performance of the thing means it doesn't frame out at the right point you know what i mean so it doesn't think i've pulled it all the way back um mm. anyway that didn't work quite so well um but the paintball mode's fun i spent far too long just in a room by myself with a basketball and a hoop <laughs> trying to get <laughs> trying to get this goddamn basketball in this hoop like you're playing deus ex <laughs> yeah like, yeah sign him up for the dicks <laughs> Uh, but that's that's kind of the power of VR. Things that, like, it is, yeah, like, yeah. The simplest things can be interesting. You've used it in content in Rec Room. I hope someone's made that. Just take the actual scene from Dan's oh, yeah. port that actual shitty geometry in. <laughs> that would be great. Proper callback. Uh, yeah, so I've been doing a bit of that. Um, the uh, I've been playing a bit of Beat Saber because you get that because of, of course and it's free at the moment if you buy a rift uh, sorry not rift a quest within august you'll get but good luck getting one good luck getting one <laughs> yep it sold out pretty quick as far as i could tell um i know t- so see when i had i was i was vaguely interested and i had i had an order like from argos 
And I was like, I was looking at it going, I could just go get that right now. They've got one in Stowe Market. <laughs> I let it sit for like half an hour, came back and they were like, we're out of stock. And then I was like, okay, Aww. let's have a little, let's, have, let's, let's widen my, I could go to Ripswich quite easily today and then bring a Burger King yeah. back. Like, yeah. <laughs> why else would I go to Ripswich? Um, <laughs> it's like let's have a little look Fair. there and it's like no no we're, we're out of stock as well oh god let's have a look at curries no we're out of stock oh shit the bioning is happening <laughs> oh the bioning the bioning <laughs> uh yeah amazon was still pretty well stocked so that was okay he grabbed it yeah. napped it uh yeah so anyway beat saber i mean but i don't really have a huge amount to say about Beat Saber. It's exactly what you think it is. Like, it's, yeah, it's you're slashing at the blocks. It's it's one of those rhythm games where it it has that point in time where it goes from being too easy to far too hard really quickly. Like, mm, the, the, it's just an inflection point. <laughs> yeah, where you suddenly can't deal. Um, and it's uh, I'm having that same thing with it. Like, it's been really really easy so far going through it has a campaign mode where it takes you through the levels and it gets um gets uh harder and starts adding more modifiers in and things like that as you go um but and that so far has been quite easy so then i go like on my own and go into solo mode and go well let's just put the difficulty up one more level and it's like oh my god why can't i deal with this why can't my brain handle where i'm supposed to be swinging um That's Beat Saber. Uh, also, I want to figure out because I'm pretty sure that I'm sure I've heard that game has the ability to like mod in yep. custom tracks, Definitely. but I don't know how you do that on Quest because all you can see in the game is like buy these music packs. Hey, spend thirteen pounds to get some Lady Gaga up in here, <laughs> and it's like so. Yeah, it'd be quite nice to figure out how to do that um, if it's even possible on the Quest. Like mm. maybe you need the PC version, but. Um, so that's what I've been doing on the quest, but I've also been mucking around with Steam VR, um, which is an experience before you even put the headset on, because it's not that easy. Um, really? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's easy-ish, but it's like, make sure you've got like, for one thing, make sure you've got about twenty-five gigs of hard disk space, for no good what? reason. What extra? Like, uh, yep. Okay. The Oculus it, do you have to install, install it like separately yeah. then? So you have to download Oculus Link first of all. Okay. Okay. Which is prim- which was originally designed for the Rift, which is, so it's the it's the Rift like driver interface effectively. But that on its own is fifteen gig, because it's 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 far too much, right? All I wanted was the driver set, but actually, what it ends up being is a little bit like a hub world. And that there's an environment. There's th- there's like a, a room you can do stuff in. There's like, a, oh, you could customize your room and stuff like that. It's like, no, I don't want any of that. Go away. Like, I just I just want the driver set, so I can get to Steam VR, which you download, and is a hub with a room you can customize and things you could wander around. It's like, no, I don't want any of that. <laughs> kind, it's kind of like that's how. A logical VR. It's like Steam Big Picture, essentially. It's a it's a VR interface that allows you to interface with Steam, but without having to yeah. constantly take the headset off. True. I mean, <laughs> one of the funniest things is you can launch Steam Big Picture in Steam VR. You can, you can do that. Um, 
but it's but it's it's it just seems overcomplicated because then I'm then if you think about it I'm running three layers of hub. Well, I mean that's just a situation of like these weirdly partitioned systems. Yeah. That that they kind of support each other but not quite. But not quite. So you're running the Quest hub. Within that you're running the Oculus Link hub. Within that you're running Steam VR. And then you can launch the game you want. It's a, it's madness. <laughs> that is a lot. Yeah. It's uh there's there's too many steps there. Um so once I'd figured all that out and downloaded the excessive amount of data and got that all functioning, um first thing I noticed was that video compression is a little bit of a problem out of the box. Like I hadn't even got into a game yet and I noticed like the picture quality wasn't quite as good as I was expecting from having a direct link to my PC. So, right, just in the menus or whatever. Yeah, so the problem is video compression. It's not sending, because it's just a USB 3 link, it's not sending yeah. raw frames across. There isn't enough bandwidth to do that. So it's it's, oh, compress, okay. it's compressing video and sending it to the device. Um, good news is you can tweak this. Um, they don't make it super obvious, but there is a debug tool you can get at, which is installed with Oculus Link, and you can go in there and up the bit rate it's sending to the to the to your to your headset. Um, mm. So I've upped that from the default, which is not displayed, but is reportedly around 150 megabits. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can up. I've upped that to 250 megabits without an issue, and it's way better. <laughs> right. Okay. And this is something you have to kind of dig into to, uh, you have to, to specifically change the go setting. find your install and find this debug tool, and then tweak the megabit setting, the encode rate. Oh, and uh, so that's weird in itself. It's quite well yeah. covered by YouTube videos and guides now, but yeah, it's but kind it of surprising. Is, there's no it is kind strange of that option, the, or that even the default isn't just higher. Like, okay, I can vaguely understand if you're using AirLink, right, and you're using the wireless, and it's like, yeah, okay, there's probably some reasons why you need to limit the bandwidth here. Um, but surely you know how fast this link is. Based on the cable, yeah. Yeah, just use what you can. Go for it. I mean, it, mm. don't get me wrong, there's a certain amount of processor load here as well, don't forget, because it's. I think it's using NVENC on my NVIDIA card to, to do this. So there is a mm-hmm. GPU load in in, in just compressing right. the video, even after you've done the scene render. Um, yeah. But, you know, NVENC's pretty good. Uh, and apparently, yeah. the, the, apparently the later version of NVENC that's available on like um rx cards is even better and even more efficient even better. Um, and you think if you're trying to do the trade-off it's probably worth spending a bit more on the on the compression versus the rendering the scene right that, yeah probably. i think I so know. i think that's yeah. i think that's the better trade downgrade some settings yeah as long as you can keep the frame rate up yeah yeah so res infinite is rad <laughs> <laughs> awesome it's finally you get to play the vr part of res that it's they made possibly the best thing i've ever seen <laughs> like it's, <laughs> so, it's wow. so good it just makes me like want more res more than ever like i know that's been a problem yeah. with me for for, <laughs> for, 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 for decades for multiple yeah. decades at this point <laughs> yeah all of us yeah and and oh my god it's i'm falling in love with it all over again it's so good i mean it's a lot easier so this, this beats your chart what was it? Child of Eden? Or, Child no, of no, Eden. The... I mean, Child of Eden's pretty yeah. good, but it's never been a res beater. Um, no, that's true. Um, 
but yeah, it's it's oh well, yeah, Child of Eden, I suppose, with Connect that was quite we that connect. Was, that was yeah, quite yeah. fun. Yeah, I quite I quite liked yeah. that. But Space no, Whales, yeah, Space Whales, definitely Space Whales. But it is nothing like this. It's just so immersive and so mm. so fun being surrounded by things because it puts you quite in the action. Like they've balanced it. They've done work here. It's not strictly the same experience. There's a little yeah. There's a little bit of manipulation of where things appear and stuff like that. So it's um. But they've done such a good job of being. Of so it you're being playing the, same the original game. levels. You're playing the, oh. You can play the original levels and you can play Area X. Area X, right? Yeah. Um, and both are fantastic. Um, well, clearly Area X was designed with VR in mind. But, designed um, for it, yeah. Um, How do they differ then? Um, well, the key difference is the graphics engine, because <laughs> Area X has been designed oh. with like Unreal Engine as using the. the oh, sort okay. Of, uh, the Tetris Effect aesthetic, I guess. Like this was yeah. this obviously came out before Tetris Effect, but they they basically build things with particles more than polygons and lines. So, like when things die and explode, they basically just like turn into a pool of particles that are floating around and flying past your face. And mm. it's so cool. It's so cool. But like, to be fair, that that's great. But like, the rebalance of the original is like is is, is almost way more interesting to me because it's like, yeah, the sharp polygons are all there, all the effects are there. As I say, you're slightly further into the action, so things appear around you a bit more. Um, so like, mm. if you're if you're getting attacked by missiles and stuff, you do actually kind of have to look around a bit to see where they're coming. Um, and the controls are really simple, and this is what I mean by I think Res VR is actually easier than Res because it's like you can use your hand and you can move the cursor real quick now, right? Right, um, right, right. Uh, it's like play, you can snap you can across to where they're appearing. Yeah, as, as opposed to um, as opposed to like having to wait for your cursor to move around the screen and to move across. Yeah, bear that in mind. Um, uh, oh, that's cool. But it's so good. It's so good. I mean, Res was great before, but this is this is how you should play it. <laughs> if you're going to do something more with Res, then this is it, I suppose. What if you're horrifying idea. it in the best you're way. You're already at 99% because yeah. you haven't got a transfer vibrator. <laughs> I know. I haven't got a transfer vibrator. <laughs> what I really need to do is just rig up a... See if I can rig it. Rig, I think I think Res Infinite allows you to rig a second controller. As a vibrator. Just yeah. a vibrator. And I, right. just I mean, Res HD did let, let, let you do that. So, yeah. yeah. If I can just tape it to myself, I'll be, I'll be there. <laughs> Synesthesia is mine, boys. So that's great. Uh, and like, just as Zach walked in the door earlier, I finished a brief muck around with the lab, which is uh, Valve's own. Oh, the thing. Valve one. That's the portal really, themed that's one. That's really cool as well. Um, cool. I, I was doing the longbow thing that you've talked about before. That's that's quite hard, actually. <laughs> um, uh, I've got oh, that I've talked about. Yeah, I think you've played, yeah, yeah. played longbow. Yeah, I played that. Yeah, that, that was a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I've, I've never played that. That's, that's pretty good. Um, but I quite like there's this like spaceship game in it called Vortex, I think, and it's like it's like being a kid, like and you're like before video games were as good as they are now, and you're like I don't know, Kippers and I used to muck around pretending we were like playing weird 3D pinball games or things like that, where you just use your hand as the thing, and you'd be like pew pew pew, and it's like this is that, like your your ship is your hand, and you're using it, you're using your hand to move this ship around to, to avoid bullets and pointed at things to shoot back, and it's like it's a super simple little game, but it's crazy addictive. I love this thing. I need to find more things cool. to do. 
I need. I, I basically, I need to buy shooty fruity. That's the yeah. Other. You don't well, want to yeah. too fast. It's all been going down to that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got to go full circle. I've got to commit. Like it is available on the quest, but I've noticed the quest version, the native quest version, has a number of significant visual downgrades, and I'm like, nope. I'm going to get this PC version, yo. Um, yeah, VR's fun. Um, but I've got other stuff to talk about. So, I'll, and I realise we're now actually at risk yeah, of running long. Be more so, as you. So I'm gonna, more I'm, VR talk coming in future. Yeah, so I'm going to be pretty quick with the rest of it. I finished that Bug Snacks. I had a great time with it. You got the song on the end credits. Okay, yeah, good. that's the important thing. Oh, good. They did. And were you, you were highly disturbed by the end? I mean... Because that's what everyone says, the last few hours is when it gets yeah, fucked. It's really I mean, dark, I mean, it's pretty weird. Yeah. It is pretty weird. Um, <laughs> it's Bug Snacks all the way down, baby. <laughs> um, it's pretty strange. Uh the, the, mm, yeah, I can't really say anything Wait, about spoilers. No spoilers, about spoilers, but it's 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 pretty funny. Um, uh, I, but as part of that, the the DLC opened itself up, right. the Isle of Big Snacks, um, and that's I think that's actually possibly the best bit of the whole game. Like the, that that island is like it's designed. It's a bigger area than the other areas you go into, and it's like while it doesn't have more bug snacks, I think the interactions you're doing to actually catch them and. Uh, and the final boss fight that's there, it's like I think those might be better designed mm. than than the rest of the bug snacking that you're doing. Mm. Um, so that's a good addition. It's nice that you get it if you buy it now. Um, and it's I think it was a free update on all platforms. So yeah, good on them. Good update. Uh, yeah, bug snacks is good. Talk about that bug snacks. Um, I think I, the problem is I've got quite a lot of achievements left though. I didn't like actually hundred hundred percent it. Right. It's like because um, there's this like mail system that like where people like give you like little requests they want you to do, and those will be like slightly out of the ordinary. Sometimes they're like just catch this bug snack and, and give it to this person. Uh, sometimes they'll obscure that a little bit, and it's like I want one of these, but they won't tell you who it's for. And so you've got to perhaps catch a load and then give it to a load of people. And usually that's pretty easy to figure out. But there's one bug snack in like one of those challenges I've got at the moment there's one bug snack that I've only actually caught accidentally and I don't know how I did it I just noticed it was like knocked out and it's like oh sweet catch <laughs> um, I'll have that and I can't figure I can't remember how that happened even like just environmentally and so I don't know how to recreate it and I've got to catch another one of those bloody things according to one of these channels and it's like these challenges I'm like ugh I don't know how to do that but like, I think like what I'm missing in terms of achievements all tied to these challenges. Like, there's just a lot of grind, essentially. Yeah, potentially. But some of them are like actually just really awkward at this point. Like, there's a and there's also an achievement for like furnishing, fully furnishing my house. But I've never had a gift off these challenges. These challenges give you gifts for furnishing your house. Pointless most of the time, except for this achievement. And like, there's one slot in the house I just can't fill. Like, I don't have stuff for it, so it's like, oh, what do I, what do I need to do to get a thing to put in there? Is it just random? It, I don't know. You just like unlucky on the roll, and they've you, you, they've never given you the one th thing for that slot. I don't, I don't think it's random because it's like the items seem themed to the person you've done the challenge for. Right, like it's a set. Yeah. Unless it's random within those sets, I don't mm. know. Like the order within the set is random, and you've just coincidentally always got a bad order. Yeah, maybe. But I think I'm running into that problem where it's like uh, I've finished the game and I haven't really been back to it that much. Since. <laughs> yep, so actually. It's, 
Um, Achievements can only do so much for Rob's enthusiasm. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's not to take away from Bug Snacks. I do think it's good. But um Yeah. I might that might be my time. With Bug Snacks. Um and the only other thing I really wanted to talk about was Red Out 2. Because right. I went back to it because mm. I noticed it updated. Mm. And I think that's because they finally put the day one patch up because now the game functions as it should. Okay, good. <laughs> Yay. Because I loaded it up and the first thing it did was give me the uh, tutorial intro that I apparently didn't get when I was reading about this on the PC version. And it's like, so it gave me the, the proper the proper intro. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> so that was missing. Also, the music sounded right. So it's like, okay, good. We've got the proper version of this now. It's good. Like now that it's actually functioning, I I can safely say it's it's all right. It's pretty good. I think I have a hard time with the track design here because I don't find any of the tracks particularly memorable. Right. Like it, it has a similar problem to Red Out One, where a lot of the tracks are quite long, uh, but a lot of them kind of look the same. Like which is which is kind of frustrating. Right. They're not visually distinct. No, yeah. not hugely. Like they may take place in different biomes, but like when most of the time you're focused on the actual track itself. Yeah, of and the course, track yeah. itself seems to only be ever be made of like one material pretty much throughout the entire lap. And mm. it's um so it becomes pretty tricky to remember the courses. And track memorization seems really important because the hand just like the previous one, the handling and getting around a track well is really tough. And I learned to love that about Red Out 1. Um, right, because it demands a lot of you. It, and, it does yeah. demand a lot of you. And the control scheme, its, it's strafing control scheme is odd. And uh, whilst intuitive, it's like getting the best of it isn't necessarily uh, as obvious as you might think. Like strafing mm. doesn't reduce your speed, for instance. So you can... I suppose that means you could like do a slight diagonal drift down down highways and be slightly faster, GoldenEye style. <laughs> I've never actually tried that for real seats, but it does say in one of the tutor- tutorials that like strafing to get around zigzaggy bits of track doesn't reduce your core speed. So it's like, oh, all right, maybe I should be using this a bit more than I ever did. But um, yeah, it's hard. And uh, there's a couple of tracks in particular where the jumps are just supremely awkward. Uh, so you, I crash every time, and it's just like I don't quite know. I can't. I can never quite remember where they are. So I'm not not in the right position by the time I'm in the air, or I've flown or already flown off the track. Or there's one jump on one of the lava tracks that's like it's actually a turn, but the barrier is missing, and you can fly off the barrier. But if you fly off the barrier in the right way, it's actually a jump to a different bit of track. <laughs> So, mm. so almost every time I get to this bit of circuit and just fly off and like get the ju- like miss the jump completely, and it's like yeah, I, I'm not loving the track design at the moment. I think that's its biggest drawback, and some of the music is a bit dull. Um, the, the music on Mars, though, weirdly quite good. Like just stands out. <laughs> like it's it seems way better than the others. <laughs> um, uh, and I think they they've got. They've got the audio balance a little wrong as well, now that I can actually hear it properly. It's like it's got the same problem I had with Pacer, in that you've got this dynamic music system that is always being washed out by the audio design of everything else, so I can never really hear it. So I turned down the main audio, and it's still applying the effects that it's doing to the main, so it's washing out the music for some reason. Like even if you turn the sound down. playing with the EQ. So everything just gets quiet and weird, and it's like, okay, the... mm, I'm sure. Again, I'm sure this was way better in the first game, um, 
but all, but loading times are fixed, so that's good. They're like near instant now. So because um, they were ridiculous, they before, were insanely right? long before that patch dropped. Um, I guess it was running. Like my only guess is like it was running some sort of debug version or something. I don't know. Mm. It, was, it was horrid. Um, so yeah, I'm. I'm. That's been a bit of a Rob review. I am kind of enjoy. I am enjoying it. Um, it's nice to have an anti-grav racer in my life again. <laughs> um, uh, but at the moment, I'm not convinced as good as it's as good as the first. Uh, long story short, I'm not there. Yeah, yeah. But at least it's functional now. <laughs> at least it's functional. Yeah, yeah. It hasn't not hasn't, quite. It, it's yet to wow me. Uh, and maybe some of the later tracks will be better. Maybe that track memorization will come. Um, mm. But yeah. Uh, but for now, I'm not quite reaching those standards at the original. No, no, not not as not as well as my memory serves. I will probably return mm. to Red Out One to put those fears to 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 experiment to, see. to experiment with that. Partly because Red Out has a VR mode. But that would be way uh, harder, presumably. I want to make myself so sick. Yep. <laughs> I mean, theoretically, wow. it should be sort of better, maybe. Because you you theoretically aren't moving in the world of the game, except the game. You're, is moving. you're, you're like, the world is moving around yeah. you. But yeah, that that I've played. I've I've watched roller coaster videos, like three D roller coaster videos, because YouTube VR is a thing, right? Yeah, and it's like, yeah, those make you very ill very quickly. Mm, yeah, <laughs> I get the feeling that will be very. This will be very similar. You got a bucket nearby. <laughs> So you don't have to make it to the loop. Maybe it's better for like the space games, like the Eve one, where where you don't have as much nearby conte- contextualization of the movement. Hmm. Yeah, maybe because when you're on, when you're hovering a meter above a track which is literally going past you continuously, that probably reinforces the motion quite well. Yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Or maybe it's the camera's like smoothed out enough that it's not so bad. So it's the lumps you're not missing or. Are you saying it's better or worse, Zach? Well, I'm saying that if you're in space and like the yeah. only things that are moving relative to you are like other ships that are relatively small and far away, or like moving just arbitrarily in random directions, maybe that helps with motion sickness because you don't, you're not referencing your own movement as much. Uh, that would only mm, be true if maybe, the environments yeah. weren't there. Well, sure, but like but you, it depends got, what the space f- environments are like. <laughs> I don't know if there are many space environments in Red Out. It's sort of planetary. Well, that's not what I meant. Yeah. I meant in Eve. Oh, in Eve. Or, sorry, sorry. Or any yeah. space shooter game yeah, in, yeah. in VR. Because No Man's Sky's got a VR mode as well. Yes, yeah, maybe you could try um, that. That apparently... Well, I had some question marks because obviously the version I'd get was game would be Game Pass, right? Because that's the version where I've spent all my time. Right. And would sync up. Um, uh so I had some question marks about whether like Windows Store stuff would then get on with Steam VR and how that actually even functions. Apparently it does. Apparently like if like Tetris Effect will hook into Steam VR or Steam VR will launch it and then it, and then of course that then goes through Oculus Link and then it's like okay, have I introduced another layer into this? Is like does Game Pass count as a layer? No, maybe not. <laughs> but uh yeah, apparently that will work this way. But yet to try. And Dirt Rally 2. Well, that that's where you want to see if you really get most sick. Yeah. <laughs> Sit in an actual car yeah, put, set, with a steering wheel. Set my wheel up. Um, I've never played Dirt Rally 2, but it is it is on Game Pass, I think. Um, 
So maybe that might be worth a shot as well. Anywho, that would be me. That's what I've been doing. Cool. What about you, Zach? What have you been playing? Well, fortunately, because there's not much time left, I haven't been playing much different, just a lot of the same. I played some Rocket League and uh, I did have the, the another occurrence of the worst possible deep dive mission set. Oh, no. Where I had to do elimination, but with the ghost. <laughs> fighting bosses whilst also fighting uh, or avoiding a giant in- invincible ghost. It's I mean, quite yeah. difficult. I mean, I got that f- with you the, the last time we played, right? And that, that's pretty awkward. That yeah, is, but that is pretty awkward. <laughs> but then, obviously, but then in solo, that in must solo, be. you don't have someone to take half the aggro. <laughs> yeah, to help kite the ghost. <laughs> so yeah, that was kind of ridiculous. It took a very long time. I literally, used, I, I, the first one of the two bosses that I had to fight was the the one that. Is, has calls in the, the other little ones and then it opens up. Okay, yeah, yeah. The hive guard, and I t- used literally an entire ammo drops worth of ammo on it because, wow. like, I couldn't get enough time to when it when it uh, once I killed the other ones and it opened up, I couldn't outmaneuver the ghost for long enough to shoot its weak spot before it closed <laughs> up again, and then I had to kill the little ones again. Man. So I used like an entire ammo drops worth of ammo just on that one fight, and it took forever. <laughs> And then the second one was the twins, which was not too bad because it was on the it was in the sand environment. So I, the sand environment tends to make really big rooms, which makes seeing where the projectile one is quite easy because it tends to be way up on the ceiling, far away from you. So you get more time to avoid the projectiles, and you can see where it is easier. Yeah. That kind of thing. And that's extra annoying because you've got the you've literally got to be uh, nitro scooping as well in order to pay for all that ammo. Well, I mean, it was stage two of the deep dive, so in stage oh, one, so I like, banked up all my yeah. extra nitro or whatever. Yeah. Usually, ammo isn't a problem in deep dives past the first mission because then you've essentially got far too much. Yes, yeah. because okay. typically you're never going to use as much nitro as you get in one mission. Mm. But yeah, that that second second stage of the bosses and ghosts is the, always the combo you don't want. <laughs> I very rarely choose to do the ghost missions when they show up in the normal modifiers because it's just, it's such a pain in the butt. I <laughs> know, uh, you know, especially when it's solo, as we said, when you don't have aggro management and you have to manage it yourself the whole time. Yeah. So that was the derg, and then I mainly the I mainly just played a ton more Factorio again, not in multiplayer. <laughs> We just haven't managed to make time to get back into multiplayer, which is becoming increasingly increasingly hilarious because it's like we started the space exploration and then never got to space. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the, nice. The classic. But um, by myself, I've been playing one of the other mods that I was playing before we started playing space exploration. That weird, the weird one that's sort of like about terraforming. Oh, yeah. Where you start with like a barren planet and mm. then the end goal is to make the life for it. Make the life. But I, I've that that mod is, I would say, ridiculously slow in general. Like the actual progression of it is pretty slow because it like. Well, I mean, it's slower if you're trying to play it properly and not just cheesing it because it tries to make it more about like 
sort of waste product management or secondary products where every, like a lot of things will produce a secondary product and then you can cycle that back into some other thing somewhere else in your factory so you're using like overflow valves to like sometimes you vent but sometimes you keep mm. but then it also tries to enforce a sort of more realistic venting system than the normal kinds of factory mods do because a lot of mods that do this sort of secondary product system they just require a vent to be able to like get rid of excess okay and a lot of them don't like concern themselves with that at all it's just like if you can put it into the vent it just goes and that's fine but in this mod because it's trying to be slightly more realistic about the sort of terraforming aspect of it it won't let you vent you know bad chemicals <laughs> even though technically every chemical you've made you've already pulled from the environment because that's kind of the whole point <laughs> but it won't let you vent anything that it considers like you know slightly more chemically chemicals <laughs> chemically chemicals. won't let you vent just chlorine <laughs> or or like you know um, organic chemistry chemicals I had a huge tank of benzene lying around from when I was making some other stuff, and I was like, "Well, yeah, that's that would be really bad to invent in real life." But I mean, in, in this game, like, doesn't matter. But as I say, that's only a problem if you're trying to play it properly, because it's still Factorio, and the mod can't change how Factorio works on the base level. So you can technically just like walk over to the tank and then just click delete, and then it all goes away. Hmm. <laughs> So, like, if you want to play it in a in, a, in just the way Factorio works, where you can just easily bypass all the venting and tank and like overflows and whatnot by just shoving all the crap into a tank, and then at a certain point you just walk by and delete it. <laughs> Weird. That seems like a a workaround they uh, probably didn't anticipate. Well, I mean, that's it's sort of just because that's how it's built into Factorio. There is a, there, there's another mod that tries to do something similar where. It it has tanks that can overflow, and then when they overflow, it like pollutes the area around it. But mm. like it physically changes the tiles on the ground, right? So it like makes a goop pool essentially around the thing that overflowed. So then, it, but then you know, even in that mod, you just can delete the buildings because that's just how Factorio works, and it has always worked. Where if you have a tank full of stuff you can just delete it and i think there have been occasionally mods that have tried to do it so that if you delete a tank that has stuff in it it just converts the contents into pollution like the pollution cloud that factorio okay, normally has yeah, yeah, yeah. it sort of proofs out in yeah. some way you deleted the tank but you didn't delete the stuff in it now that stuff's gone bad yeah but like i mean the, this the terraforming mod doesn't even have pollution turned on so it, mm. it because there wouldn't be any reason to, because there's no biters to aggro, because you haven't right, right, made right. life yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it would be... Mm. So yeah, if you're... It's a, it's, it, I mean, it's better to play it really, like the real proper way it's intended, because that's part of the puzzle, obviously. Yeah, yeah, sure. Again, you're making the puzzle for yourself on a sub-level, but... Yes, don't, so don't, don't cheap out. It, it, it does tend to be quite slow. And also, I feel like maybe this mod is slightly balanced it's balanced towards like late game scale which makes the early game slow like it wants you to make very large like you know huge chemical plants where you've got like 50 different buildings all making one thing but like that's fine for the late game but in the early game that you can't afford to make that many things mm -hmm. so it automatically makes the early game slower and then i ran into 
the old classic factory factorio problem of you build a factory to a certain point realize that you need to redesign it and then have to basically just build an entire second factory where you have to rebuild everything you've already built but better and then go back and delete the first factory so you're always good you're just at a certain point you're going to have to spend a long time not progressing essentially where you're like i've i can't do any more science because i need to make a new science pack but in order to make this new science pack i need to make new chemicals and whatnot but in order to make the new chemicals i need my old factory's production to be way better mm. but i can't expand my old factory because i designed it wrong and i've come up with a better idea since then so i have to go and build an entirely new factory mm. <laughs> so that's what i did mainly just a is there a delete where you get the resources back for the building? Yeah, I mean, everything in Factory you just get back when okay. you remove it. And actually, this mod does slightly benefit you in, in terms of, like, deleting a thing. You get robots, like, pretty early, almost, yeah, pretty early. And obviously, you know, robotic construction helps, but you don't get the... You only get very, like low-level versions of the personal roboports and stuff, so you can only run, like, 10 construction robots yourself. Mm. And the actual roboports are also scaled down for early tech versions, so they're smaller. But what it also does do is just give you a bunch of upgrades to, like, your character's physical mining speed, which affects how fast you demolish stuff as well. So by the time I was getting to the point where I was demolishing this entire base and rebuilding it, I was like, well, I could drop a bunch of these kind of crappy robots and shove some robots in it, or I could just walk around and hold down right-click and everything just disappears pretty much as fast as I can walk (laughs) because my character's manual mining speed has been upgraded so much by this point. But then you run out of inventory space, but then, you know, inventory management is also a thing you can deal with with robots. Just chuck it all into the robot network and they'll deal with it. (laughs) So yes, I redesigned this entire base to be slightly more modular it's using the railways, obviously. So you just be like, this station is where the iron ore goes in. And then over here, you have the station where the iron parts come out. And then the actual smelting happens in between those two. Hmm. So I can just duplicate that or, or probably delete the whole thing and do it again because I've already thought of several better versions of these things just from the few texts that I've unlocked in this in between the first factory and the second factory. It was mainly the stone management because I I originally my idea was you take the ores to a station, the ores get processed and turned into metal ingots of of each different kind of material. Then they get all the metal ingots go across to the factory that makes the metal parts, and then the metal parts get put on a train and taken away. But the problem is that when you're taking the ore, the first step is to crush it. And crushing the ores makes usually extra rock or extra gravel as a Mm. byproduct. And it's different for each type of ore. So then I was like, well, okay, so I can have the ore trains come in and the metal parts trains come out. But then I also need like a secondary train that takes like the rock and gravel and whatnot and takes that somewhere else to deal with that. But then I, so then I built a separate factory where it's like this stone management factory where all the stone and gravel and sand and whatnot goes to get sorted and extra crushing steps to turn gravel into sand and all that stuff. Crushing steps. But then I was like, this is dumb. What I should have done is brought all the ores to one place and done the crushing and the stone management in one factory and then just outputted the crushed ore to a train to the smelters. So I'd only have one train there rather than this extra train to deal with the stone from the smelters. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to have to delete all this again (laughs) (laughs) at some point. But luckily now that I've got to this point of 
everything being trained and modular and I've got the robots good enough that they can automatically make buildings for me as in the items not actually build the buildings mm. so I've got like a, a little separate factory that just manufactures buildings for me and I can just walk in and just grab all the buildings I need and then go and build something now that I've got to that point I can be like yeah that's much 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 quicker to be able to just completely delete whole parts of this factory and rebuild it whenever I want yeah because you've got a building factory yeah that was kind of the half of the goal, apart from getting the science factory back up and running. Science factory? We uh, manufacture science! Yes. And also, helpfully, when I deleted my original base, it uh, helpfully left a big, giant, open plane where I can build a new base, kind of intentionally. Because hmm. it's like, well, my second base is weirdly like long and thin, because it like goes up. I constricted it up along the edge of a coastline, because I was like, once I delete that first base, there's this nice, big, open, flat plane right there that I can use to build a better base. So I'll constrict my second base to like the edges. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. So yeah, plenty of factorio. But I don't, I don't know. The, the the other problem with this mod is like, even when I've started science again, so I'm starting to progress through the tech tree again. Hey guys, 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 science is back. Yep, science is back. I've it just start- returned. <laughs> so I've started progressing through the tech tree again, but it's hard to tell what you need until you're like five or ten texts deep. Like it has a lot of texts that unlock a recipe for a thing but you won't know what that thing is for until you've got like five more texts down the tree and be like, oh, that's what it turns into at the end. I see. <laughs> so you kind of have to just sit there for a while just unlocking text until you get to a point where, where it's like, okay, solvent, that is used in a bunch of recipes in the future, but now I can actually make the solvent and all the other stuff that goes into making solvent. And be ready for it. <laughs> so it's kind of, it's it's a bit difficult to like predict what you're going to need to build you're better off just unlocking the tech tree as far as you can and then and then working out what you need to progress the tech tree further, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like you don't have much choice if you don't know what's coming. Well, yeah, I mean, you can... But now you know what's coming. You can look at the tech tree, so yeah. you can look ahead and try and guess, or you can... Or I've got the... I've got the mods that give you, like, the recipe books and whatnot where you can be like, what is this item used for? And it will tell you all of the things it's used for, even all the future things... Mm. So you can kind of try and guess which things are going to be important in the future. Like the, a rule book. Yeah, essentially. Like, a, like if you're playing Civ and you're like, but what is this actually going to be useful for? Yes. <laughs> Why do I need iron now? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was the more factory. More Torio. Lots more factory. And I think that's more or less it. Just that little bit. Wow. Of, just a little bit of Durgan Rocket League. That was it. I need to play more Rocket League. I'm behind now. You play more Dirk. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm behind on the on the league pass though. That's the problem. I think we're actually more spot on than t- on the time. Yep. Yeah. Well, yeah. we're coming we're coming under somehow. <laughs> Intentionally. Yeah. We actually work. tried to keep it under control this time. Well, we did. We did. We started badly. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> once we realised we had to try to keep it under control, yeah. we kept it under control. I mean, success. I could say that I. Eight cheddar in cheddar. Ow. Add to the post random. <laughs> Good work. Cheddar is it's not one of those protected names, is it? So you can make cheddar, you can make cheddar wherever, anywhere. right? Yeah. Yeah. But there's only but, like there's only one company that actually makes cheddar in cheddar, apparently. Right. And you the Cheddar ate, Gorge company. 
As you the Cheddar expect. Gorge Company Cheddar in Cheddar like Gorge? That. Yeah, Cheddar, cheddar nice. Gorge Cheddar Company or something. Like, it, the, the, the gates literally have like CGCC on them. <laughs> like, nice. How come you're out there? Oh, uh, we were visiting the wife's sister who lives in the in, oh, yes, in the nice. area. And uh, close. Yeah. Cheddar Gorge Cheddar Cheese is pretty damn nice. <laughs> Yeah, I can imagine. It's cheddar, but it's, it's not hard. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you could argue well, cheddar is like base cheese. Yeah. <laughs> kind of base cheese, but nice base cheese, this yeah. one. You can have some real real good base cheese. A strong base. Yeah. <laughs> base Back heavy. Base cheese. Watch Reed Biscuit Base. <laughs> <laughs> Recommend. Cool. You did that? Shared a hot tub with a Welshman? That happened? Uh, <laughs> While eating cheddar, not while eating cheddar. No. <laughs> okay, it's just, just there's we were, we're like um, no sister goes through a, a, a sort of uh, it's a it's more of a gym than a spa. Like it's not a very I wouldn't say it's a very good spa, but it did have a hot tub. You know, I can't resist a hot tub, like a proper mm. hot tub. But the thing that I noticed about this hot tub is there was like a like a a placard next to it, like a tr- little chalkboard that had like. Had like get the app. You can order pizza to this hot tub. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> we didn't. But like a bit of me was just like, huh? F- okay, one. I need to have my phone with me, which is normally a faux pas at a spa swimming pool yes, sort of arrangement, kind of. right? Yeah. And secondly, pizza in a hot tub. Yeah, I don't know. I if mean, that's a good idea. Well, I mean, they have like a get, convenient side table for you to at least put it on. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's you know standard spa affair. There's like those long chairs. Yeah, but would you be able to, to reach it from the hot tub? I mean, yeah, maybe. But <laughs> would then, you have but to get out to get the pizza and I then go back? I don't know. I think the splash risk with pizza would be too high, right? Like it would, yeah, degrade too much. The I bit mean, of pepperoni be floating on by. <laughs> for Rob to think that pizza is a bad idea, it's got to be <laughs> definitely. I don't know, it's just, not yeah, good. it's like I immediately went all oh, my days and had like one of those moments. It's like this is this would be the best day ever, and then I thought thought about it for a second and be like. Yeah, but bubbles though. Bubbles are in the yeah. hot tub are a bit of a problem. Well, can you like turn it's it down combo. a bit? Or, like, I mean, to... you don't you don't really have that level of control, like when it's not your fool. Well, or maybe they need to turn it down when they deliver the pizza. Be like, turn it into pizza mode. <laughs> it was all on like a uh, automatic timer, so it'd be on for a bit, off for a bit, on for a bit, off for a bit. Get your pizzas quickly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait for the gap and then go for the pizza. <laughs> this is your six minute pizza window. Get it in. Get it down. Yeah. Well, while it's calm. This is your three-minute pizza like window. <laughs> Please enjoy. <laughs> Be better off with cheddar, although that's going to crumble into the hot tub. Well, yeah, if it was like pre-cubed <laughs> cheddar, yeah, right? yeah. So you just reach across and like you could perhaps have a little box there rather than like having yeah. an open plate of. Yeah. So there's no splashing. Yeah. Or minimal splashing. Yeah. Just pick up a cube of, of cheddar, and. Uh, but that's not food. The, no the whole thing of the pizza is it's it's a <laughs> mean, that's it, not food. Well, it's, Jesus, it's not like a real meal, <laughs> like a pizza theoretically is. I guess. Yeah. You just eat bits of cheese anywhere <laughs> ever. <laughs> that's not I mean, saying much. Is a cheese board a meal? <laughs> no. No. It's an after meal. It's an after meal. We've definitely had, had like just cheese and crackers though for for like a meal here. But I mean, like, sure, but that's like very lunch or something. Cheese. That's lazy. That's I mean, a lazy food. No, we do that. The kind of thing I would do. <laughs> we have, yeah, yeah, we have like like when we've got like a lot of cheese in. I mean, a, a, lot of di- a cheese in of an evening. Yeah, we've, we've, we've got a lot, a lot of cheeses in in a lot of different 
flavors, then we'll then we'll set up a cheese board. I mean, and technically, last night I did just eat cheese and crackers and two scotch eggs. <laughs> two scotch eggs. One small. Fish, so. That makes more of a more of a veil. I mean, I might have put one of those. Just meat and egg and roll. I might have put one of those scotch eggs in a sandwich if I'm honest. Oh yes, I know you would. Just just to mix it up a bit. But then you're involving bread. (laughs) That's not the right shape for a sandwich. Like an egg. Oh, I see. Then it becomes like yeah. Then it becomes a breaded sausage and egg bread sandwich. Well, really, I would like that. to see okay. you try and eat a scotch egg <laughs> where you just took two pieces of bread and like wrapped the egg, <laughs> wrapped it. you mush the bread together to wrap it around the egg and then just eat it like that. <laughs> buttered, of course. Yeah, buttered on the inside. <laughs> I think that'd probably work. I'd give it a go. <laughs> could make a video of that. Okay, we padded out this podcast with random for some reason. Yep, as we do. The happy salad food section could get a second video yeah. of us attempting to eat a... a, a, a Round we've sandwiched, sandwiched the, the gaming egg uh, in, in some lovely random bread uh, and uh, you have scoffed it down nom nom and uh, so we shall draw to a close and uh, there'll be more uh, VR chat and other gaming chat sandwiched in random uh, in a couple of weeks probably uh, not, probably but not if, VR, in the meantime probably not VR chat that's a thing VR chat yes. is an app <laughs> Oh, not VR chat. Not VR chat. Chat about VR uh, and other games. Uh, and also, that, check out our YouTube channel for, for Let's Plays in the meantime, where we have concluded our Ocarina of Time uh, playthrough. So uh, check out the, the finale. Yep. Yeah, we did it. Enjoy and, that bumper uh, we'll, episode. And we'll catch you for the next podcast. Bye. <laughs>